All right, well, welcome everybody to the great balance debate is what I've decided to call it today because I think that might be our prime topic of discussion. I have with me the usual gang plus Avril, as we just discussed here, who's arrived with flats in the so, background. How are you doing, Avril? I'm good. I, I got to put flats the right way around, though. I think I, my image is flipped in Discord for whatever reason, uh, so I'll get that fixed. But, you fair, know, fair, it's fair. all good. Well, let me just quickly finish. The right the, let me quickly finish the introduction that need no introductions in the bottom right. This is my man Samido. Samido, what up? Good night slash evening slash lots of time zones here. So whatever time of day it is, I hope it's a good one. Wherever you're coming from. And of course, in the top left, already telling me he's a bit annoyed with Overwatch, already preheated in the oven is Flats. Flats, how you doing? <laughs> Preheated. Holy shit. Ah, you, already, you already said how I'm feeling, so you're good. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to get right into it. We're going to discuss the balance patch recently, just the feel of Overwatch as well. Uh, we've got lots to discuss some of Ramatra news, uh, Junkrat nerfs, and yeah, lots. We'll hear from Avril as well about his experiences in the Al Grand Finals and what it's been like for him on the pro side. But before we go any deep, I'd like to just get an introductory feel to how you guys are feeling about Overwatch 2 right now so scale of one to ten guys one being could not be less happy ten being could not be more happy how are we feeling about Rush? let's just get a little feeler flats start with you i mean overall like an eight maybe like i mean like to be fair we played through like three years of zero for so like <laughs> you know what i mean like we i don't think it's fair because i'm personally happy it's way better than it was uh but uh, it's like it, there's so many things that are wrong or that are fucked or could be a million times better. It's just like I look back and I'm like, I'm, I'm glad we're not there anymore. Uh, but it's a real shame that we're not much further along, I guess. So I'd say about an eight. I feel you. I feel you. One thing I forgot to mention we'll discuss as well is the enabled crossplay aim assist, which I know my friend Samito has a lot of thoughts on. Sam, one to ten, first and foremost, how are you feeling? Um, honestly, I would say I think an eight is a very good. I think an eight's a great spot to put it. Uh, the the main reasons I wouldn't put it at nine or ten is just because I feel like there's a lot of heroes that still have not had the chance to be adjusted accordingly to five v five, the new tempo of the game. Um, you know, I saw ML's opinion on support about that, kind of talking about that. It's not just a support problem. I think actually there's more damage heroes in the game. I guess if you could take just from volume alone, there's so many heroes in that role. It's for only two spots, it's going to be really competitive to see who gets picked, right? Um, but, you know, in general, I'm able to log on, play all three roles, and really enjoy myself. Um, the only problem I have with tank is, like, the queues sometimes get kind of long, and that's that's frustrating. But it's so it's so weird how that 180 came out of nowhere. But I, I think overall the game's in a, in a pretty good spot. I think the big concern that people have right now, I think the best way to put it is that it could swing up. It's very, it could very easily swing up from an eight and it could very easily swing down from an eight and how the next couple of weeks go are really going to determine whether it's that up or downward trend. Um, but I would say overall season one definitely has been a success for the team. And I think that like collectively you should be happy with it. But if you're, if you're always hungry and you always want to do better, especially in how competitive this industry is, you can never be satisfied. So I would say about an eight right now. Good summary. I like it a lot and lots to pack into. But Avril, first and foremost, how are you feeling 1 to 10? Uh, depends on how much you like skins. If you're only <laughs> ever skins, you are, it might be like a 1 or 2. I don't know. Apparently. Um, <laughs> I don't really care. So I guess maybe for me it's 11. Uh, no, I, I think like, I think a hovering 7 to 9 range or 7 to 8 range feels about right. Um, 
anything that I have a problem with, even even if you do have problems with skims, by the way, I think it's all fixable. I think everything that I, I see with the game right now, I'm like, well, I can see this being improved by a lot within six months to a year, whatever it is. Um, whereas in Overwatch 1, I felt like there were there were issues that you can't, you couldn't really change unless you were doing some big overhaul. Like, you'd have to do like a 5v5, you'd have to get rid of a tank, or you'd have to do X or Y or Z, uh, Z things, and, um, you know, there were more, I guess, problems that are deeper in the game. Mm. Um, this time around, I, I, I think the base game is is good. Like the, the base gameplay experience is good. Even the people that have problems with the monetization, almost all of them are like, yeah, but at least the game is good. You know, I'm having fun playing the game. I just wish I got more free stuff. Um, so I think that means from a gameplay perspective, we, we've kind of, uh, we landed in the right place and we just got to tweak certain things Maybe people aren't too happy with certain balance changes or patch notes, but again, that's all fixable as well. So, like, there's nothing that really screams, uh, you know, alarms anywhere for me. So, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I don't know. I'll give it a seven just yeah. to be different. I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it's hard for me because actually, like, I, I, you got to let your, you, these guys have done a very good job. Flats, fresh out from a bad rank session, is still able to give it an eight. So, I applaud his objectivity because. I would I would be like at 9 10 level cuz I think like normally because I'm like you know of course the game has flaws of course there's ways it can improve but it's never going to not be the case right there's always going to be something that can improve always going to be some balance complaint that we have always some bug or something some problem but for me the I would also probably land on 8 for me the biggest problem is the matchmaker I've really just been really unhappy with how the games have been I just it it's so tragic because it feels like the games are so the gameplay is great and the games are so miserable, and we'll get into all that in a minute. But first and foremost, let's discuss the hottest news, the recent patch notes. So I'm gonna pull it up on my end, uh, and I'll I'll what I'll do is I'll 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 ask you guys to go through each hero's changes and just kind of chime in if you got any strong opinions. Uh, and I know we've got some on some of these, but if not, you know, just we'll just quickly go through them. So first and foremost, Diva, our fusion cannon spread increased slightly her booster impact damage reduced, and the call mech uh, ultimate cost is reduced by 12%, but this was already fixed in the last update. So, fellas, any strong opinions on this D.Va change? No. I so actually kind of from it. Pro Meta. Uh, yeah, so how much? It, it, it what? It's removed D.Va from Pro Meta. The fun thing about oh, all yeah. these patches, guys, is that Al's already been on this patch for, some, for quite a while. I mean, we look at this. I, I like the part where publicly everyone's like re-reacting to the patch notes even <laughs> though i think this was public like a long ass time ago and everyone's like i can't believe they didn't nerf soldiers like we knew they weren't gonna nerf soldiers we knew that like a month ago like what's going on guys this is this has been public knowledge for a while anyway but yeah we, the, we played on this patch for a while already and um yeah, diva is basically the play rate's gone way down almost zero probably because we were supposed to play it two and a half weeks ago and we didn't so <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair true true also i think sam you'd copiumed yourself into believing that they, the delay might mean that Sojourn would get nerfed, right? Yeah. Just... Oh, this guy coped hard. This <laughs> Wait, guy really? coped hard. No, no shot. You actually <laughs> coped like that. How That's long crazy. you played this game for? Dude, my no, man didn't learn. <laughs> Sam, I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in in the universe, dude. <laughs> it, it, it myself a part Look, of it, he's man. been playing it's Overwatch just... 1 for six years. He's had to learn coping mechanisms, okay? Like, and this is one of them. Man. I, I will say, though, back, back to D.Va, because uh, trust me, I'll get to Sojourn at some point in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, like, D.Va was definitely, like, way too good at, like, just 1v1-ing. 
Like, I, I at the start of this this season, like, I would just pick Diva and just nuke somebody. Like, you flew on a squishy. Like, especially mm. the DPS or support heroes. And I think this is where a lot of people's complaints come from, of that, like, a lot of these heroes have not really been adapted to 5v5 yet. Like, you just truck them. Like, it's like... It, it's like, have you ever seen the clip? I think it was a, a Patriots player, Flats, of the lineman who, like, caught the ball or intercepted it and just ran it straight down. He's, like, running over, like, the court of the receivers or whatever. And it's just, you can't stop him. <laughs> That's what it felt like as Diva. You just run him over, and they couldn't do anything to you in the one-on-one, -on -one, especially if you'd use DM, right? So I think that was a really good change. Uh, Avril crying in uh, <laughs> Oceanic. I'm crying, crying in, in uh, European. As these uh, NFL references just come through, like, yep, yeah, sure, nod. I, uh, I, I convert it to rugby, like, you know, there's some, some guy just running through all the way. Um, couldn't get tackled down. But it's like, I hear it. Like, D.Va, to me, just had so much burst damage as well. She was hard to kill. I mean, defensive matrix, super strong. She got her armor back, right? Like, she originally had this nerf, which removed some armor, then she got it back. And then on top of that, she had uh, the booster impact damage and all the rest you can see it there. Um, it just made her like super tanky and she could, you, we, we had this, um, D.Va double flex support meta going on and out and she had insane durability to also appeal for her backline to let you get away with greedy support lines like double flex support and then she could just fly on somebody and instant delete a 200 HP target like no problem. So definitely a lot stronger than, um, you know, she needed to be, which is why her damage being nerfed is a good call. The interesting thing about as well, and I think we'll discuss this as we get to Zari as well, is that one of the things that is clearly emerging in the tank meta, especially I think in solo queue, is the is this strong? Is this tank strong because they're strong, or are they strong because they shut down that other guy who's potentially strong? And I think obviously Diva's strength in pounding through Winston right now, I mean, kind of remains uh, with this. But people saying Winston's going to be very strong. So before we move on to Zarya, do you guys have any thoughts on like the Winston or just the tank meta? I know. Sam, I'll take it to you first. Uh, as, actually, I'll read the Zarya notes and then you comment on it. So I'm going to, because that's the last tank change. So the projectile barrier, uh, duration reduced 2.5 to 2 seconds of the particle barrier. Cooldown increased 10 to 11. Uh, it's basically the same for both. So yeah, go ahead. T talk me through what you think of the tank meta with or after this patch. So I think the one thing, real quick on Zarya, I think the reason why she ended up being as strong as she was was when you change her bubble usage to be able to be on herself like twice, that disrupted the rhythm of the character. So I actually don't think it was the big thing was the, the increase in like the bubble duration. I think that helped. But the big thing was like the fact that you could actually self-bubble twice because you forced herself. She wasn't able to use it for another like eight seconds. She was like forced to bubble her team. But with that extra option, it just let her get a lot more playtime. Um, tank meta, I in ranked i think hog is going to dominate i like i think with honest nade nerfs and sleep nerfs and the buffs that hog got and just how easy it is to decimate a lobby on roadhog i think that he is going to be one of the strongest picks in season two um i think good winston players can absolutely get value but the problem is and I'm sure you guys have seen it. We'll talk a little bit about the matchmaker later because I've got my final theory on what, why some of these games are as crazy and lopsided as they sometimes appear to be. Um, but, you know, I think a pixel-perfect Winston will still be able to get a lot of value. But it, at the same time, you know, 
the picks that end up dominating the meta are the picks that are the most consistent. And we talked about this so much. The best things in Overwatch have always been the consistent pick. That's why you saw goats get played so much. The most consistent comp is the one that is usually played. And I think it's so much easier to get consistent value on Roadhog in the style of game where the most valuable thing you can do in this game is get picks. The proactive heroes are the best heroes. That's why across each role, the heroes that don't have the ability to be as proactive, and I think that's one reason you see a lot less D.Va, like what made her so good in Overwatch 1. And even in this game, like, you know, she could fly in and burst somebody, sure, but, you know, she was at her best at, like, kind of catching things. She's like a net, right? Sometimes a good Divas can go in really aggressive, but when you're up against Hog, I had somebody tell me, well, Divas gonna counter Hog. I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, you know, because Hog can instantly get the pick, he can hit the hook, and he can do a lot of damage, and that is just such a valuable thing to do in this game, especially when there's almost no CC or, like, really high burst damage aside from Bastion to stop you who is also kind of bad because of his ult, but his, his sentry form is very good. So I, I think Hog is going to... I actually think Hog is going to be better than Winston this patch. I, I, I think at least in ranked, where their people, like the Winston players have to do so much more correctly to maybe get the reward for a Hog to lob a hook, get the shot. Oh, I'm out of position. Later. Like, <laughs> you're not killing me. You're just not. So I, I don't really see any big options to Hog on a lot of maps aside from Sigma on the very linear maps. Sigma, I think, is a very, very slept-on pick, and his time to shine is going to come because he is really, really, really strong. It's just like he's just got to be in the right situation to get value. So I, I think Hogsig, Winston, maybe some Zarya from certain players. I think Ball still can't. It's very rock, paper, scissors. Ball and Arisa are in the same boat. We're like, oh, well, you can't kill them. They're good. But, like, anyone with the brain is just going to ignore them and go kill the team. And that's why you don't see much Arisa being played. Unless you get, like, Arisa May, who's welcome back, by the way. Welcome back to May. We mm -hmm. missed you, right? New hero, right? New, did new, we? Yes. You know, yeah. did we? I, hey, no freeze anymore. I like playing May. May, May is fun. And I know nah, Flats likes it, nah. too, because he gets to play Ryan, right? Am I wrong? How much easier to play Ryan with a May on your team? A good May when there's not oh, a May yeah. on the other team. It's not even fair at that point. <laughs> it's not but even fair. But then if, if they have a May and then you get walled, you get fucked too. So it's exactly. like Exactly. So yeah, it's a double edge. I, I'm curious if May could potentially slow down Hog. I don't think so though. So yeah, I think yeah. The, the big picks are gonna be Winston. I had a 17 Hog. and 15 May against a Hog yesterday. No. Uh really? Yeah, yeah. no. It's not can't you can't do anything. Yeah. I I think <laughs> I'm really scared about Hog being good because if Hog, I'm if I'm sorry, if Hog is meta, the game is not fun. It's just not. It, it's Hog needs to be in each pick, and if Hog is ever meta in the game, name one Hog meta that was fun. That like people were like consistently well, look back at like this was enjoyable. I don't. I, n none of it was fun, but like Overwatch One was dominated by Hog, was it not? Yeah, towards the end, after he got his last couple buffs, it was just like, you know, it, the, the interesting thing about well, the Hog domination. Everyone keeps saying. Everyone keeps saying, "Hey, I want to play Overwatch One again." Well, here you go, you can play Hog. <laughs> True. The the thing the interesting thing about the hog domination though that felt uh especially towards the end of Overwatch One felt like a desire to not pick tanks more than an explicit desire to pick hog if you get what I'm saying it was like priority pass DPS warning to just get their get their fill go 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 tank lock hog flank play DPS basically whereas now it it feels like even as a tank player you might just have to play hog because he just shits on people flats is that something you feel I won a game the other day with Siegel where I literally had like 12k healing, 3k damage on Hog, I stood on the cart and looked down for 4 minutes and I won. <laughs> it couldn't kill me. Couldn't hit a hook. I had like 12%. Didn't matter. <laughs> they sat about halfway across the map just shooting me. I just looked at the ground the entire time just kept healing. That's it. What are you gonna do? Nothing. 
there's really nothing you can do. It's quite possibly one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. I told everybody Hog was gonna was a little slept on at the beginning of Overwatch 2. It just felt really strong. And uh, I think Hog's one of those characters that the devs really struggle with because I don't think they fundamentally understand that having a one-shot tank character is one of the dumbest things of all time. And the only exception I would maybe give you is Sigma because you have to hit that slow build-up rock, then the left click. Like, even in Overwatch 1, they understood it wasn't that great, and then they nerfed it, so you then had to hit the melee so it was up close. Like, I actually still don't understand. Like, even Ryan, Ryan can't one-shot people 250 characters anymore. Like, oh, you can't even one-shot a Reaper it. if you pin him. Like, how are you yes. going to tell me that Hog can one-shot now anyone at all times, and you can't even have a character that you have to all-in for, and then pin them against a wall? You have to make it all the way to a fucking wall. Like, I, fundamentally, I still have zero zero faith in the balance team at all. Well, that, that's a very interesting statement. I, I would like you to elaborate on that before we kind of feedback any for What makes you say that right now, Flats? I, I just, I don't understand. Like, it's the same philosophy as it seems as Overwatch 1, and we're gonna we're starting to fall down that hole again. I think beta 1, uh, when it first started, was like the ultimate tank beta. Everyone had fun on tank. It enjoyed it. It was a great time. Like, it was giga buffed. It was insane. But there was things wrong. Like, for example, the armor buff. Like, armor was being calculated incorrectly. So it was two times stronger than it was. So all these characters, your Winston, your Ryans, etc. Like, anything that had a lot of armor got hard nerfed. Diva too, Um, because they were overperforming but they were overperforming because of a bug so they fixed the bug and then kept the nerfs and they were like mm, well, whatever and then kept these other characters kept getting these small little buffs so your zarya your hog you know all these things kind of were creeping up over time and then kiriko comes out and it's like oh now the one thing that shoots him down power creep don't say it oh yeah we don't believe in that around here apparently just like we don't believe in counterpicking but i would say that overwatch 2 counterpicking is actually stronger than overwatch 1's counterpicking was i i've I've actually, I'm not even joking. I have like, like, there's like me, like five or six people that I keep going against in the ladder. I'm not sure if they're snipers or what, but I swear, they all they do is sit there and they just keep rotating their characters based on whatever I pick out of spawn. I think today, I had a game where I made, I think, nine swaps throughout the game because it was just constantly making, following the, that swap process, either Tracer, Reaper, um, Hanzo, Sojourn, like whatever it was, it just kept, kept following that circle. But, uh, you know, it, one counterpicking is not a thing and two power creeps not real I mean I love a good complaining session I will say I believe last time I spoke to Josh no he did say power creep was a real thing so I think that, that that's something that they've acknowledged I think that when he was on the podcast he did say power creep we did it sorry um, I I hate you know, don't get me started on the hero swapping you guys know my bugaboo I'm still mad about the 30% thing I think it was dumb as heck I think it's continued to prove oh, to be wait, dumb wait, as heck 30% 30, 30. 30 all chars that you keep uh, oh, yeah, whenever you swap oh, heroes, yeah. which just so makes you don't it. Don't want to be in. No, I didn't want it then. I don't want it now. I just because especially it the, makes swapping way easier. I won't lie. Yeah, like, I, I can I, I, so clearly now. it's like it's like because earlier it was like if you're forty percent, fifty percent to an alt, you're like, I should I should stay on this hero. I'm almost there, right? This mm -hmm. was the mentality. Now you go down to thirty, so like that loss of like twenty ten percent doesn't feel so bad. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'll just go. That's fine. I'll build that up. So like, I, I knew I knew it was gonna be dumb at the time, and it's dumb now. And the problem, the bigger problem with it is, well, one, obviously, you already said your balance philosophy is like, ah, people don't swap. But the other thing is like, it's so easy to counter a tank now, right? And it's like if you counter the tank, you shut down the main front line the entire front line in many ways right it's like you if you just pick reaper and they're running monkey it's like well fuck me then right like i've had this conversation with boger many a time where he's just like 
I've had it, dude. Like I, I'm done. Every time I play Monkey, they just pick Winston. Uh, they just pick mm-hmm. uh, Reaper Hog, and then I'm fucked. And it's yep. it's true. Even when I play, it's just the same thing. And it's like you people said, oh, it's just gonna soften the counter switch. No, it's it's encouraging it. It's the same thing, and it's really frustrating. I think that's something that really needs to be looked at. And I think this is what I was alluding to earlier as well. I've seen, you know, I saw Jake's tier list, for example, and I want your thoughts on this in a sec, Avril, but I saw Jake's tier list saying that Winston and Hogg are S tier. I don't know, I mean, I don't know what it's like, a pro level, I don't agree with that, because I think just on the fundamental level that Hogg shits on Winston, I don't know if they can be in the same S tier. I think Hogg is in the tier above, just in the f- pure value of, like, when you lock them both, Hogg comes out on top. I don't know how you feel, Avril. Yeah, well, we can talk about the fact that, uh, this is to no surprise to anybody, listeners included, but it's like, the pro meta and the ranked meta is going to be very different because the levels of coordination, the levels of optimization, team comps and everything in team play is just on a different level. Um, Winston is, if anyone paid attention to Overwatch League playoffs and finals, Winston dominated meta and we were on this patch. This is the patch we were playing on. So we're talking about Hog being good, but barely anyone played Hog. It was, it was like almost 100% pick rate for Winston. Um, into Reaper, by the way, fully into Reaper. Uh, even now, I think uh, out of our, we're into um, the next contenders phase. So in the pro level, we're still seeing mostly Winston. And I would describe Hog as an off-meta pick, like a slightly off-meta pick. It's If you're not playing Winston, you're playing slightly off-meta, and Hog is the next hero after that. We're seeing some teams kind of go for a counter to Hog with Arissa, and then usually you might go back to Winston after that or something like that. Um, Winston requires a lot more team coordination to succeed, I feel. And that's, that's something I feel on all levels. So, yeah, Winston probably gets punished way more in ranked because you're, the team behind you isn't going to be able to support you the way you need. Whereas a hog, as we know from the entire history of Overwatch, is a far more self-sustainable character that doesn't need an insanely good team behind it. You don't need a, a crazy team behind you to enable you. You can sort of get a lot of work done on your own on, on hog. So that's why hog would you know, in ranked play and solo play, especially towards the end of Overwatch 1, start dominating, or I don't know about dominating, but definitely be like a favorable pick. Um, and now it's seemingly going that way again, because, you know, you can punish a Winston pretty easily. And we're talking about the, the swapping here, the countering stuff here as well. But it's like, I agree that on an individual level, it's like, oh, if I go Winston and they go Reaper or Hog, I'm having a bad time. But the way the game is meant to be played, quotation marks, is that your whole team is meant to be looking for swaps to support so it's like at the pro level are they going to go reaper hog yeah but you can stay on winston because the rest of your team is still building a team composition that makes sense for the winston survivability you're still playing lucio carico i think that's the most important part about the pro mm-hmm. the lucio carico part of it um everything else changes the thing that almost never changes that those two supports they're really strong together and then like carico just has like mad ability to keep uh, winston alive and all sorts of things, and uh, the the Katsuno rush as well is so good with Winston. That's the other thing is it's like the pro meta is very dependent on that particular ultimate and which heroes work well in that ultimate. So Reaper works well in that ultimate. Winston works well in that ultimate. Um, Hog not so much outside of the ultimate. So it's like Hog is surprising not amazing in that ultimate compared to some other heroes. Um, I think that's the main difference here. And I, yeah, so I. I, I see a humongous difference in terms of like where the opinion is from the pro level to the rest of it just because I think the difference of the rest of the team, what your supports and your DPS are doing, factors into that a lot. Yeah. Well, can 100%. I add to that real quick? Yeah, too? go Sam. 
I think as well, the the ranked meta is so different because the level of Kiriko play is so much more coin flip as to who you get on Kiriko. Because I won't lie, you either have a fantastic Kiriko or a really bad Kiriko. And there's not much in between, right? So I, I think that couldn't have been said better. And it's just very scary, very scary thoughts of... I actually do think uh, in ranked, I've seen these hogs getting Kiriko ult with their ult, and just like the amount of damage that that puts out is insane. Like maybe a couple thousand damage in like two seconds if you hit like point blank. Like in, in ranked, like the Winston players and what the pros do so well. This is why Winston's so good. The pros are so good at not taking damage. Have you seen Winston's, especially like the ones that get pulled up that are like 3.3k in Overwatch 1 and they're in the Masters game against the Hog, Sojourn, and they're, they're having to bubble before the fight. I'm like, dude, like stop taking damage. He's like, I can't. I'm like, yeah, hide behind the wall, right? That's literally what you have to do. And that's, again, the margin for error on Winston is so much smaller. But once you have maximized that potential on Winston, which is why it's so good in pro play, then you can really get the value. There's an enormous difference, but no one in ranked, very few Winston players in ranked are going to be able to do that. Well, well you're, you're also like kind of having to play a dive composition there, which requires, I think, a lot of coordination of, of understanding when you're supposed to go, how you're supposed to hide and rotate. It's not just about hiding and not taking damage, but like how you're rotating the map such that you can get like the shortest distance between the dive. Maybe you don't even have to use a jump. That would be huge. Um, and one thing we didn't talk about is how good the Sojin players are at the pro level. Because here's the other reason why Hog gets ruined. It's like, I, I, I watch these games, and you watch people lock in Hog, and these Hog players are getting annihilated by the Sojin. They, there's no shield, they, they got no cover. They're like, you know, you, you show up, you're like this, this big dude on the battlefield, and the Sojin players farming rails off you, pumping you with rail headshots. And I look at these Hog POVs at the pro level, and they're getting destroyed. Because these top level Sojins have no mercy against these guys. It's like, you... If, these these sojins just get a free game. If you go hog, these sojins are laughing. Is the other reason. And flats is that is that something you've kind of what's your encounter been so far with like the hog, sojourn, Winston, everything we kind of spoke about really. Super sensible take. Like, you, the biggest thing about it is especially in ranked, your coin flipped basically on four different factors: your coordination. You're getting people in voice versus not voice. Or do they feel like swapping? Like, do you get the Moira one trick? Do you get the Lucio one trick? Do you have the Kirka one trick? Do you have the Hog one trick? There's another coin flip of who do you have on your team. Third up, you know, you have the coin flip of you know how good are the players on your team? You know, like do you have um, like little Timmy versus Dante, or do you have Dante versus little <laughs> Timmy? Like, which one is it? Like, which one did you end up on? You know. And I would say the last one is the consistency pick where it's like, uh, you know, hey, I, I, I play Winston. I'm pretty decent Winston. I'm not the best, but like I'm pretty good at it. Um, but they can just pick Hog, stand there, and just not fucking move. It's like, I have to be pretty precise with callouts, jumping in, bubbling certain people off, hoping that there's follow-up, having the correct picks to have the follow-up. Did they follow the call? Are they going on their own target? But they just pick Hog. They can just stand there. They don't have to be in voice. They can just do whatever they want. And that level of coordination ends up making so it's like less consistent to get that in a ranked environment. But you won't have that in a pro environment. So like, I understand both of them being ranked really, really high because in that pro environment, you don't got to worry about that. Like you're going to have those people that are all in and committed. But in your average ranked game, you might hit tab and you'll see that two people are in voice. And you're like, well, if I run Winston here, and I jump their backline, and I, it's a perfect engage. And I bubble off, like, you know, the sleep dart or whatever it is. Do they just turn and burn me, and I like, have no follow-up, and I'm not going to kill them in time? Because they have enough They have enough cooldowns to survive, and Hog does enough damage 
that I'm not going to be able to live a full bubble rotation. It's just, it won't happen. Like I, we have to go in and kill them and it's all in. And I actually spent most of my day today explaining to people in ranked that if we're going to play Winston comp, you have to all in it. You can't sit there. You sit in the back line and wait, you're going to get fucked. Like I either get fucked or you get fucked. And if it's me, then it looks like it's my fault. But if it's you, then you're just mad. And it's like, at that point, it's like, we're both going to lose. So let's all, all, all in together, play together as a team and we win and ranked especially ever since Overwatch 1, and this has actually been a big theory of mine for a long time, is the double shield meta after GOATS really created this meta where not talking in ranked and not playing as a team is the new norm. Uh, the amount of times that... Again, like never, yeah, they just... You know, half the time people don't play in voice, they don't talk, they don't want to come, they don't want to work together. Just You're there to play your games and you're getting in and get out. And the solo queue mentality, and I think that died a lot when we removed stacking from the game is that team play is not always going to be there and that ranked will never have that same level of team play that you know your your upper level overwatch league and contenders and stuff like people watch and look towards like that's the top level play even highest level ladder will never come even close to it when i think maybe years ago it might have been a little bit closer um not in terms of like coordination and play but at least like an attempt at it um and i would say my games way more nowadays are just me, me talking to myself. And that's why I used to love playing with Elon so much. Because me, and me would be the only two people that talked all game. Nobody would say a fucking word. And now it's just me talking in my games most of the time. And I'll tell you what, I win probably 80 or 90% of those games where everyone's in voice, everyone kind of talking, doing whatever. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's like everyone's giving an effort. And uh, that's why I think Hog is is going gonna, is gonna to be able to dominate. Because if you don't have people that are working together and people that are like, you know, hey, like, let's get on this character, let's get on this character. Nobody sits there and puts a word. Hog dominates in an uncoordinated team comp. And, and that's, that's what we have in ladder. I mean, I, I don't think we will, at least without radical systemic changes that's never going to change i don't think I, like you said i don't want to keep dredging up the stacking issue because we've we've kind of gone over it many times but if you can't stack you can't coordinate the way that an well you, no one can dream of coordinating like an owl team can but even somewhere resembling that right that's not going to happen and i think in that environment these characters will always will always rise to the top if they're even equally like if even if it's like let's say even if played perfectly winston is 55 and hog is 45 in solo queue, that means Hog wins every time, right? A Hog pick wins every time. Mm -hmm. Sam, I mean, what, what do you see? That is there like a is there a solution to this? Let, let's let's drop the stacking thing. Is it is it always going to be this way? And if so, do you continue to balance in a way that you know Avril is saying? Well, the pros still running Winston because when a coordinating setting, that's fine. You said when Hog is meta, nobody has fun. I agree, hundred percent. Fuck that guy. So what do we do? Do we say fine? Well, it's still meta for the pro level then it's fine. Or do we say, well, no, no, no. It's nightmarish in solo queue. The hog is, is running rampant. We got to do something. It's you got to do something. It's tough. Um, I think that regardless of what's being run in the pro meta, you have to look at how the hero interacts with the game. Agreed. And, and I think that if you're... Let's follow precedent a bit here, okay? Doomfist had major changes to him to be changed into a tank one of that is is his damage was gutted right i still like i just finally finished my doom grind at top 50 and oh my god that was miserable right and the big reason that people that doom got a lot of the changes that he got is like okay well a tank shouldn't be able to one shot because that's just a frustrating mechanic so obviously you got you got the compensation for the mobility I, I just think that the way Hog plays is really corny. Like, I was dealing with Beaver, and, like, whenever these guys would just swap anti-Doom comp, I'd just pick Hog and just run through the lobby. 
And to be honest, it's just too easy. Like, compared to the rest of the role, it's too easy for him to be doing what he's doing. And I just don't think, I think regardless of how effective it is, I just don't think that it's healthy for the game. I'm not saying they should gut the hero, but I, I do think that they should look to change it because it doesn't, like, it just feels corny. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, the stuff that I'm doing on the character just feels corny. Like, you can reduce his damage, but also, like, cut the hog hook cooldown in half, but reduce the damage a ton so that it's, like, up more about uptime and being consistent rather than, you know... You know what? I, you know, I think it's so good because burst impact is so important in this game. Picks are, like, the, the name of the game in Overwatch 2. And every eight seconds, Hog has a chance to insta-win a fight. Or not, maybe not, maybe not insta-win, but get dang close. Mm -hmm. And... I don't think that all or nothing kind of play style is very healthy for the game, especially given the degree. Like, I don't care what people say. Listen, you can say what you want about a lot of different pe people's opinions on different characters. I'm GM1 on pretty much every hero in this game aside from Wrecking Ball and Mercy, right? Those are just my two ones I just have not done. But <laughs> so I would say, to be fair, I have a pretty good feel for what is fair and what isn't. And I think that, like, the level of ease it is for me to pick up Roadhog and run through a lobby, I I don't really feel that any other character can do that at the degree of difficulty that Hog is. I'm not saying that Hog doesn't take skill. Hog does take skill. But the stuff that you can get away with is just straight up stupid. And I see so many times where I'm like, dude, if that's a Winston that did what he just did, or if that's a Zarya, or if that's a D.Va, or if that's even a Wrecking Ball, or a Doomfist who has insane mobility... They don't get away with that. But Hog is, is able to get away with literal murder. Like, this man would be a menace in Clue. Like, no one would ever be able to get to <laughs> Hog, right? Like, you just can't. So, you know, whether to me, it's not really about, you know, because we talked about this risk to reward SVB a lot in Overwatch 1, and we mm -hmm. felt like, we didn't feel like we knew that the game's fair play was broken in the hero design and that heroes like Brigida, bingo card, heroes like you know, Sigma, <laughs> Arissa, the double shield, you know, it was like, okay, you're getting rewarded, but what are you actually doing to get that reward? And it didn't seem like it was fair and it definitely wasn't healthy for the game. So I, I think regardless of performance, I think there's definitely a better way than go about hog. We're talking about balance philosophy. Um, you know, I, I think it's you guys. You know my take on balancing for low-level play. It's not possible. You, the margin for error is so high. You can almost pick anything. So any change that you make, it's very hard to actually see it come into effect, unless there's something that's ridiculously out of tune, in which case you will see that. Um, but you know, it is definitely a tough one to do with Hog. But if you're going to base it off precedent and look at what happened to Doomfist when he got transitioned, I I don't see how you can change Doom the way that you did. And allow Hog to be what he is right now. Because it's just like, okay, well, this is the same thing, but arguably worse, because at least you could do things to Doomfist to kill him and, and punish him, right? But Flats has got 12% hook accuracy, vaping on the point and winning. <laughs> like, no, like, and you should hear Johnny raging about how he can't play ball, because the Hogs get to do whatever they want. And he's like, I just wanna, I just wanna play ball. I'm like, Johnny, you can't always play ball, buddy. Like, he's like, when they took me out of the game, I can't play man, Bastion sucks, so I have to play Jaysil. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like, it's it's all right. But no, I, it's, it's a good point. I, yeah. I think that either way, I'm really scared about Hog and Rank this patch. I think it's just going to stick out like a sore thumb. And I'm not saying you should hammer it down, but, you know, I think there's better answers than what it is right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the point you made about just the risk and reward. Because I think this is something even we were touching yeah. last week with Kabaji and, and ML and Bulgar when we were talking 
uh, role debate and Kabaji in particular talking about Sojourn. And we'll talk about Sojourn in a sec when we talk about, well, let's focus on tanks for now. We'll, we'll talk about DPS in a sec. But it feels like the, re the reason they were frustrated, you know, the way we tried to summarize the frustration with Sojourn is, well, what's the, what's the risk you're taking for getting this one shot, right? It's like when, when Hanzo, at least when he draws his bow, he slows down. He's easier to hit. He's kind of a less mobile character, right? And his mobility is not as anywhere near the craziness of the slide, right? Widowmaker, again, she's scoped in. She has to stay scoped in for a little bit to charge up her rifle. It narrows her vision. She's a very easy shot. There's a lot of risk to that one shot, right? Reinhardt, I feel for my brother Flats, because I've, I've been trying to lock Ryan. I've been, my experience recently, by the way, I gave up playing support because fuck that role. I've been locking Ryan, Winston, and Sigma. That's my three tank tricks. Ryan and Winston is what oh, I want to yeah. play. Sigma's what I play when they run hog. I'm like, fuck you, I'm gonna just play Sigma and, ro and like rock everything you do and block everything you do, right? Ryan, even his one-shot does not, firstly, does not one-shot most of the things. So it doesn't one-shot the Reaper, it doesn't one-shot any of the tanks. In fact, it's fucking pointless to do it to a tank because it's like, you pin him, they shrug it off, and then everyone murders you. On top of that, if Junker Queen exists and she shouts anything you pin, you also don't kill that thing because the shout takes the targets, 200 HP targets, over the threshold of the 225. But even that one shot, quote unquote, comes with a ginormous risk, right? Whereas with Hog, okay, well, I missed the hook, so what? I have another one in eight seconds. And if I'm really in, under pressure, I run away with the vape, right? So, like, the risk reward is just not there. The what, what is being asked of you to do is just, like, be vaguely close to them and then run away if you need to. And I especially think now with Kiriko in play, who can cleanse the Hog, if, like, because the other only reliable option previously was. Well, I, I'll pick Ana then, and, and I'll just shit on this guy. Oh, no. Well, there. now now the Kiriko Suzu's him, and, like, the cooldowns are so long on Ana. It's like, if you miss even one, that's it. He runs rampant for, like, he gets two hooks off in the, in the cycle of your two sleep darts, basically. So, yeah. it's it's very frustrating. Um, and I don't know what they want, what they need to do, Avril. I don't know if you have any ideas, like, on, um, on this kind I was of... Gonna, I was going to just respond to Samita a bit. I actually, I, I actually agree. Like, in terms of balance i would prefer the balance to be geared mostly towards like a gm top 500 level and not even for pros because you have to remember the pros are in gm top 500 anyway like they're all over top 500 so like if you just target that you catch all the pros and you catch all the top level players and i think the rest of the ranks can sort of just you know themselves it'll trickle down hopefully in a, in a pretty nice way um i'm still i think hog is a really interesting topic because i still feel like hog loses to coordination as we've discussed for a while now like the level of coordination you get in your ranked games is a total coin flip um and so hog gets to have a lot more value he's he, he has a noob stomping character he's just like he's not even just a noob stomping character but he's just like a, a solo queue king really um i don't know if you can remove the one shot without destroying his identity but i have very similar conversations about sojin and anyone that follows me knows that i'm like pretty against one shots in this game Except for maybe like a Widowmaker because of the mechanics required to consistently pull that off. Um, yeah, tank having a one-shot is is not good design in my opinion, which is why I'm also not a fan of um, where they're taking the balance of Empowered Punch for Doomfist. Like, that was the annoying part of Doomfist in Overwatch 1 that needed to go away. And yet, like, I don't know, I feel like every single balance patch we get for Doom... They keep giving him more power to the empowered punch and not the other areas where he suffers and i'm like what's going on here like you have pro level doom players are like this is just completely going the wrong direction and you if you try and play doom at all the entire doom strategy is you just you just bait for power block charge to get in power punch and you just go for one shots 
which is such a ridiculous way to play Doom. Um, and not at all like a tank thing at all. At that, at that point, you're just playing like, you know, fat DPS Doom. Uh, I don't know, like, look, going back to what Flat said a little bit earlier, Beta 1 had probably the best balancing for tank that I felt. Um, and that was reflected in the pro meta as well because we were in uh, watching Midseason Madness and it was the most diverse meta we've ever had. So many tanks were viable. Doom was super viable as well. Um, you could one-trick Doom pretty much. I mean, Dante basically dead. Um, and then after that, when Junker Queen came out, I feel like since then, since the Beta 2 Junker Queen stuff, we've we've never had like a super healthy tank meta or just an extremely healthy meta in general. Because even now, um, you know, on this current patch that we're discussing, the, the meta is almost always the same five heroes. We're playing just Lucio, Kariko, Reaper, Sojin, Winston with a tiny bit of hog in the mix. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't feel great about where a decent amount of tanks are in the game. I'm a little surprised that hog got as popular as he did, but also I guess I'm not that surprised. Um, Kariko definitely helped out hog a lot. But um, yeah, one shots are a problem. I just don't know how you sort of look at hog and his one shot without changing his identity maybe like maybe it's acceptable to increase the spread of his left click further so when you hook a small target in just too many pellets miss and you don't get the one shot but you can still be effective versus tanks i don't know that's more effective but um yeah one shots do suck and i uh, i want less of them in the game i just want to i want to quickly get another follow-up because i want to head over to flats as well he's been nodding he's like preach brother preach but uh do you have any, like, so you felt like balance in beta 1 was the way. Is there, like, a general overall thing where you're like, tanks should be tankier? Or do you feel like, you know, okay, th these are the stable tanks that everyone likes. Reinhardt, Winston. If they're meta, that's fine. If the others are, like, if Hog is meta, fuck that. Something's going wrong. Like, what's your, like, in general, do you think that you have, like, a philosophy on how tanks should be? I just think tanks should should not be, like, gigantic damage dealers. And that I'm looking at Zarya here as well, which is why I'm glad she got nerfed. I think they should really limit... The, the damage output of, of tanks in some ways definitely remove one shots tanks to me need to be space takers they need to be pressure uh units on the board um and they need to be essentially what kind of rallies the team behind them and so tanks that go too far away from that start to get into problematic areas like if doom gets into like way more of an empowered punch sort of area in terms of balance you literally just got overwatch one doom again but with gigantic h people and then, you know, the Hog one-shots and the way Hog plays just seems, like, very different to what you'd imagine uh, a tank should be doing, especially in a solo tanking game. Um, I still think good tanks are, like, you know, Winston, Ryan, Diva are all fine. Arissa has her place as well. Like, they're all tanks that make sense in a team game like this, and, and, and tanks that, like, play towards too much solo kind of... Um, solo mechanics and I, I have a problem with jungle queen in that area as well she's a, she's you got to watch out for that one because i if she gets buffed that's problematic as well because to me she's just kind of like a big roadhog in a way like her gameplay is still like the super selfish gameplay right like i think that's that type of tank design is problematic for the game flats do you think like because this is a bit of a paradox right or it's like the the duality where on the one hand we were like oh watch two play what you want do your solo thing it's a solo game maybe you can you can have you know skill on your own and, and win on your own but then it's miserable when when these solo tanks are, are meta right like what do we do uh i mean here's the thing though is like those things are you don't get the option anymore of playing the team game you have to play the solo queue game at that point 
actually, this is the reason I'm nodding so hard is because I actually felt extremely the same way after beta one is beta one felt like the most fun I've played yet. And actually the first balance patch of beta one was the first one I was like, uh, and that was like when the Zen kick got added and I was like, oh, that's yeah, a little interesting. Buffs. I'm not really sure if that's the right direction we should be going. But everyone that you know they were knee jerking because they were the supports were all screaming that they needed something. And it, realistically, they were right, but they weren't right because the reason support was still strong. The problem with support was that they didn't have anything new. They had no reworks. They had no new characters. Nothing. Or tanks got like two new reworks, uh, all giga buffs, so they were much more fun. You know, DPS got a new character. They were getting a bunch of changes. Like they had fun stuff. Support had nothing. Like that was like the big thing. Um, but the point is, beta two. Anyone besides Junker Queen didn't feel that fun. And I remember I was talking about it. I was like, I don't know, guys. Like, the Queen feels really fun to play. And everyone's saying, Queen, yeah, Fog. But what happens when this passes? Everything else feels a little bad. Uh, and, you know, you make a good point. It's like, well, you want to have the solo experience or the team play experience, like being able to choose, you know, how do you balance that? Well, unfortunately, and this is mostly why I've kind of grown a little bit more cynical to balance recently uh is like things like the you know the twitter sphere that happened of talking about sojourn you know how it she underperforms in every rank masters and below but in gm she's insane so it's like we're kind of getting left behind a little bit just because we're only what two thousand three thousand players of all of gm and it's like that's just the wrong way to go about it because we got the same slap in the face that other balance patch that i made a video about um which talked about how uh, Ryan and Diva aren't bad. Oh no, actually, no. What was it? It was like Diva's not that good, and Zarya's not that good because Ryan has a fifty-three percent win rate or something like that. Like some like <laughs> talk-down bullshit. And I was like, wow, this is actually the biggest spit in the face. I don't get. I honestly don't care that Timmy and Platt has a fifty-three percent win rate with Ryan because they're gonna pick Ryan no matter what. Like that doesn't make sense. That's why you don't balance from the bottom up. You balance from the top down. And in like things like Ryan and Winston, you have to do so many things to make it work right now when you could just pick these characters that do tons of damage and shred and get so much more value. And I think there's actually an important part to be made. That Zarya experience isn't even fun. It's not because you can't do anything. What ends up happening when you have this giga charge Zarya is both the Zarya's were full charge and they stood there and they looked at each other. And they have to keep each other in check. They can't let them walk on the on their teammates. So what ends up happening is each Zarya is full charge, sitting there, waiting for one of three things to happen. One, a teammate to get a pick, where your one-shot character one-shot their one-shot character. Two, someone was dumb enough to get a little too close to the Zarya, where like a Lucio comes skating up and the Zarya just like looks up with a hundred charge and just deletes him. Or three, which was mostly not happening that much, but could happen is the Zarya got too aggressive trying to make a play and then ends up getting overextended, burning her cooldowns, and then dies. And the other Zarya, for basically standing AFK, becomes rewarded. And I think one of the worst philosophies for tank is when you're not rewarded for making the aggressive first decision, you're rewarded for being the sit there and AFK and wait for something to happen playstyle. Because one, it's boring. Two, it's not good game design. And three, it doesn't encourage you to be a playmaker and be a good player. It's basically relying on the enemies to make mistakes, and that's not good. You want to be proactive and make plays, not wait for your enemy to make mistakes. Like, that's boring. And the same thing happens with Hog meta. The same thing will happen with Zarya meta. Anything of these, like, sit back tanks it's or, and just do a punch of damage will always do that. 
And I know that, you know, hypothetically, it's hard to say, but I actually think that, uh, you know, if Queen gets buffed, right, like it could very much go back towards Queen or even Doomfist. But characters uh, like Ryan and Winston, which require a lot of team synergy, I actually think could use a small buff. I think Ryan needs a small buff to keep up. Or you need to nerf Hog. Sigma is going to end up needing one once he become everyone figures out that he's busted. Zarya, I think, is in a better place now. I think Zarya actually is like going to probably fall off of quite a bit. And Diva, I, I haven't, I'm not totally sold yet on Diva, but I also think Diva would be the one to keep Winston in check if Winston became meta and became really strong. And you could have that be your counter pick instead of Hog being your counter pick and Diva being your counter pick, et cetera. You know what I mean? So. I don't know. Like it's, it's hard to say, but I, I, I just, I really don't like the road we're going down right now. I don't like it at all. Hey guys, SCB here. Just gonna quickly interrupt this episode of the Group Up Podcast to say that if you're enjoying this content, then please do consider signing up for my Patreon to support me directly. It's really amazing because it allows me to keep making content like this carefree, regardless of how many views Overwatch does or doesn't get. I know no one likes sellout ads, but chances are, if you've listened till this far in, then you're at least somewhat enjoying the content. So please do consider at least leaving a like, a subscribe, and a comment underneath the video on YouTube. It really does help. But that's it for me. Now back to the discussion. Sam, I was going go to go to you Can anyways. I add on to the Zarya comment? Yeah. yeah. So there's one other thing that you're missing on the Zarya engages. Like, one, I play a very hyper-aggressive Zarya in rank. Like, I'm going in whether you're there or not. I don't care. Like, I'm dying getting in there. The best engage tool that I've like started to find with Reaper getting played over Genji is I tell my Reaper, hey buddy, just TP right in that back line. Wraith back to oh, you. Yeah. You're bubbled in, you break their hole immediately, and then you just hard aggress. You don't find something. And the best way I kind of describe Overwatch is like push pull and the tides, right? Like when you have cooldowns, it's high tide, you're pushing in. But as obviously high tide can't last forever. So when that tide starts to come back, you also need to come back. So like I, I like the comparison. I think Zarya is a little different from Hog though, because like I've at least for me personally, like, I play a very hyper aggressive Zarya. Like if there's a Zarya that wants to sit there and idle, I'm out playing him every time. I'm having my team engage instead of me. But again, then that's kind of like that's not really solo play. So that's kind of like me doing team play. And I guess like I kind of hard calm every rank game I play like it's Al finals. So that's Can a little different for me. Yeah, I have done that. I, we need to get in the stack soon, SVB. By the way, we haven't played yet this game. I, I need to mm -hmm. hop in with you and Frito. Um, and Nate on Nate. This is if Nate was here, he'd be talking about his Roadhog man. It's even even Nate, I think, agrees that like I think Nate would say as for for those of you who don't know, Nate's and our friend who's you know one of the best Hog players I I know. I think even he would say like the breather allowing you to move is too much. It's like it just it just took that away might the be whole a good thing. Change actually, that might be a good change. That what do you real quick not to sidetrack? Do you all think that Hog he he got the opportunity to move and vape back in the day? Like, maybe some kind of movement penalty when you're vaping, because that, I want, mm, I don't know. See, the thing is, they want to watch you to be this fluid mobile game, right? It's like, don't, we don't want you to sit at, a, at one corner. We want you to go all around the map and all that. So I guess I understand where the the moving of the hog factors into that. But it, again, it takes away from the punishment aspect, because he just runs away. And he's healing while he's running away. And he's taking less damage while he's running away. So it's like... Uh, Something has to be like something has to change. What if, uh, what if he stands still but he's fortified? Yeah, could be interesting. <laughs> it, well, I mean, here, here's the thing, already, right? Kinda? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we we're setting this precedent where, like, okay, Doomfist has his block, right? Orisa's like sit down, fortify. Reinhardt's like I'm shielding. 
the do the uh from what it looks like with Ramatra, he also has like a sort of blocky kind of thing, right? So it's praying like that hero's meta, by the way, praying that will get. Well, you I'm locked. I'm praying because I've committed to just hard locking him, so I hope he's not dog shit. <laughs> um, but it's like this idea we're, we're seeming to say. I, I think there should be precedent. I think the best way to do this is for there to be precedent with how tanks behave and to and to like match that. So if the precedent is the tank must sit while he's like to be protective, he must sit for a sec or she must sit for a sec. Then it makes sense for like then what Avril's saying makes sense. Like okay, well he's got to fortify, but he can't run because like why why does Hog get to run and reduce damage? Doomfist has to AFK there and get CC'd potentially and get while CC'd. he's yeah, yeah while he's doing yeah, this. No, he doesn't Ryan, heal either. Yeah, he doesn't heal, and Reinhardt has like Reinhardt has to slowly run away as his resources being drained. Right, like it's the opposite for what Hog is getting HP. Reinhardt is slowly losing it as he's trying desperately to run away. So I feel like there should be like a precedent. Okay, when tanks are trying to protect themselves, they lose mobility, right? That that can be like a thing. But I think if we don't have that, there's always the danger that like one tank steps out and is like, well, I can do it all, fucker. Like, what are you going to do now? Like, I can run and well, DPS. That's why he, he has effectively not 100% uptime, but like close to it. I think that's probably what makes it so good. Yeah. I so mean, the question... That. The question I was going to ask is, is it realistic? Because here's the thing. We're going to have lots of heroes. Well, I say lots of heroes, but we're going to have heroes semi-regularly. I suppose we're in the deepest influx now, right? Like we had three at the start. We had uh, Kiriko season one, right? And then season two, we're going to get Ramatra. So next next hero, we're not getting till season four. So from now on, we'll have maybe a little bit more time for new heroes. I think partly the reason why they might have been struggling with this patch because again, beta one patch was great. They probably had you know a year to work on that, right? They had a lot of time to be like, we can let's get this right, guys. Let's get this as good as possible. But then once they start adding stuff, all starts falling apart. They're gonna add Ramatra. It might fall apart some more. Is it possible though, once they get a smaller intake of heroes, that they can start to fix this? I'm gonna take it to Avril because Avril I haven't heard from you in a bit. What? What do you mean by that? Could you explain the question? So I feel like part of the balancing difficulty is that a lot is changing quickly, right? Especially when you add a new hero. Like Kiriko, could they have known exactly what was going to happen? I, I, I doubt it, right? I doubt they predicted exactly what was going to happen. Sam, Sam's right. nodding because I know Sam knew what was coming, but I'm saying, would they have known what was coming? Probably not. So, do we give them allowance? Say, okay, it was a new hero stuff changed that didn't account for but when there's less frequent hero updates the balance could be better like is it possible for there to be a healthy diverse tank meta at some point down the line we we literally had one in beta one like i said again i, I just mm -hmm. we once we moved away from that that was the golden well but again that was because was that because they had like a year to put that out though right because they were they were working on that for a long time sometimes i feel like it's complete random chance like they just chance the fact that everything worked uh maybe i should give more credit to them maybe not i don't know but um because there's just stuff that even no matter how much internal beta testing you do that you just can't replicate what the mass player base is going to do um or at any level right so it's like maybe something feels fine i'm sure a lot of the times like something feels fine like oh yeah release break felt fine in internal testing but just that you know, once it goes out into the world suddenly realize okay maybe not um you have to think about a philosophy. It's like, what are we okay with? Are we okay with a game where certain picks are just not going to be good and we accept that? For example, like Torb uh, and Sim, maybe they're just kind of weak and we just accept that. It's like, yeah, okay, well, if that's the case, then just kill Hog, right? He, he can just die and then no one plays him and then 
and then it's whatever but then you have the problem like what if then you get some one tricks you know everyone's like oh no not the sim one trick not this guy and then kind of ruins your game a little bit because you feel like they're, they're literally on a troll character that can't win so that's a bit of a problem as well you also have a lot of mains in this game uh, and people who want to like attach themselves to a particular hero and they're not gonna be too happy with their hero being just left in the gutter um i don't think we're ever maybe i'm pessimistic i don't think we can ever achieve a situation in the game where like every hero is super viable and everyone has good pick rates and good win rates i just think this game is going to be too hard to balance for that and not just this game like any game any game with heroes or characters champions whatever like you you're just not going to achieve so uh, even spread of gameplay between them all so, so you're saying basically some heroes should be dumpster and that's okay and we prioritize let's say the core gameplay experience okay. that we envision i'm a, i'm asking if people would be okay with that but i think the answer would probably be no because again like those characters still exist and if somebody picks them then you're going to be in trouble because uh you know someone's basically throwing your game at that right so what what i don't know what the solution could be it's like well then it's cycle maybe, watch, maybe, then go ahead maybe you could be okay with the fact that every patch like certain heroes are stronger certain heroes are weaker and then you just sort of everyone has their turn everyone has their turn with the buff stick right you're like oh this patch now trace is strong that patch now genji strong and whatever maybe that's the only way to do it obviously if blizzard do that they'll never they'll never like actually say that they'll just that's just how the game will functionally be i don't know balance is hard yeah that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say then it's gonna be cycle watch where it's just like a cycle of who's meta sam you you raise your hand i want to talk to flats in a sec as well but sam you raise your hand about hey, flats something go first it's fine flats i just want to hear from you dude like how do you you feel do you feel i feel like you're you're you've got you've got like a, a more like a these tanks should be better these tanks should be worse am i wrong no i'd say you're pretty right on that um it's it's hard to say uh like that first beta hog was terrible like awful right like everyone was like this character sucks right now hear me on this hog was terrible and was probably and would have been terrible again in beta 2 but kiriko hadn't come out yet the concept of a character that shuts down anna the hard counter to hog like that should be almost enough to make him good right like that like theoretically like that should be enough um and, and i think that there's certain characters that if you have certain team comps and stuff like that it should work but you know hard dumpstering characters it's 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 tough to say like you know should that be a thing but like it already kind of happens you know like if you get a sim player on havana like you were just gg'd like you were just like <laughs> well uh, go next like this ain't happening even though the character is like viable in a lot of places you know um i i think that one of the best things overwatch can have is a ranked game is map-based metas where certain characters work best on certain maps like I remember back in the day, you used to play Arissa Hog on Well because you would go for those pull hooks into the Well, and it was it was fucking fun. Like it was Pog. Then on Junkertown, you'd play Arissa Hog, and it was fun as shit. But like, it's kind of much faded past that where characters like they're trying to make it balanced everywhere, and they don't have a niche. They're not good at one thing. They're trying to make everybody good at everything. And characters that can't do everything at once, your your Rhines, your Winston out of like in ranked play, like you know, um, or, or what else would be like a like there's like, it's like if they if they're not good at everything at once, then they just they fall behind. That's why I think Hog keeps becoming good. That's why I think uh, Soja are sorry, Sigma has always been like hanging around and always been good. Uh, Arissa, like now actually not having the shield and the pull and comboing with Sigma 
has kind of fallen out, but old Arissa was kind of like that, right? Where she had the shield, she had the utility pull, the self-fortify, the consistent damage of the 150 damage Gatling gun at all times. It, there was like the constant damage uptime. People, people just you wouldn't be able to beat these characters because they just did everything at once. Like I, my own personal philosophy is like, for example, Ryan, like if up close, you should just never lose. Like if you're up close, like if you make it there and you get there and you start winning, should never lose. And then on certain characters, like for example, uh, let's say for just for argument's sake, Sigma, Sigma is so good at everything else. He should be a Jack of all trades where he's good at everything, but a master of none where it's like, you can play him where he's really far away and do good damage. And play up close and do decent damage, but he's not good, like amazing at either of them, right? Like he had, like he's a middle ground somewhere where it's like he can do everything at once and be good at everything, but not great at everything. And it's like there, it has to be tuned to the point where if he plays against a character that excels in like the up close or excels at the range um, on those maps, then he shouldn't be able to beat them, right? Like in in, in like in their own perspective realms those characters should succeed harder. So I don't know if I would, I would go out and say like certain characters should be dumpstered, but I will say there's a correlation when certain characters are not good. The game is a lot more fun. And those ones for me are Brig and Hog. Interesting. Can I add a point really quick before Sam goes? Uh, just a really quick point. The whole, the map specific balance thing is really interesting. And I actually would totally be for that from, especially from uh, a pro perspective, because like being able to have different compositions and styles tested per map is really cool to see. But I can already tell in a ranked situation the problem would be you would have these ranked metas where if you are not picking these specific heroes for a specific map mm. you're kind of trolling again yeah and you get into another throw situation you get into a game someone's mm. picked sim again not viable on this map you're trolling we lose ggs toxicity whatever um that just happens again so like i, I still don't know how to solve that mm -hmm. that that's actually what i was going to say as well is that the only the, the counterpoint to that would be that it enforces the map meta harder sam do you have any thoughts on this I got some truth bombs to drop. All right, drop so, them. So, numero uno. I actually think we're there right now. If we're talking map-based, like, in, in ranked at least. I mean, the pro play, again, you tune Kitsune down, and you tune some of the other stuff down, and you're actually there, I think. I just think that Kiriko... By, by the way, you want to change the tank meta? You got to look at the sports. The sports are the most meta-defining characters in Overwatch history, and that's just... If you look at the game, it's just been what it is. Right now, Kiriko is so much better than every other support. That's a little bit because she's too good, but also a little bit too much because, like, the other characters don't have the CDs we kind of talked about um, to compete. Um, so I think right now, like, at least in rank, like, you get Circuit Royale, you're playing Sigma pretty much every time. Um, I think when the map pools open up and be a little bit different, that's when you start to see other picks. But a couple things to talk about. Will certain heroes always be bad? Can you make everything equal? No. You can't, right? The, the reality is certain heroes are going to be bad at certain ranks and certain heroes are going to be good at certain ranks. You don't balance to even out win rates because that's bad. What you do as a game designer is you balance to a game philosophy. And as long as those core values are met for the most part and heroes are in the ballpark hand in hand, then you've done a pretty good job. That's why when Flat says the game's fun when it's not Brig Hog, because those heroes fundamentally go, go against what made Overwatch at its core flow fun in that... I guess you could say Hog is proactive value, but because it's the one shot, because it's got a lot of uptime, because it's running around, and like it, it doesn't function like a tank in the way that Avril described it, where it's like, okay, we're space makers, even the same with Charge Gauntlet. That's something that I didn't want to see too much emphasis on as Doomfist. I am a very like space takey Doomfist, control the flow of the fight player, right? And as long as you're giving each of these heroes tools to 
control the flight, control the fight in their own way. As long as it adheres to those same core values in terms of, I think the most important thing for tank is I, I don't like one shots. I don't like 100% uptime, but I do like powerful space-taking cooldowns that, if used in the right order, if used to force people into certain positions, give you an advantage slowly but surely over time in winning the fight. And there's a lot of different things. I think that's what makes Overwatch so special and, and in my opinion, have the highest skill ceiling in any shooter game or shooter-esque game, is that you had to learn more things to be good at Overwatch than any other game and for me that was the thrill of learning the game and that's why for like i've been able to like get all of my roles up to like top 50 this season is that like learning that core flow of the game for me personally is what is so fun about overwatch and as long as the heroes adhere to that regardless of the character you can learn how to fully play that character to its highest level, whether it be Reaper knowing when to fade in and how to engage, or Genji when to dash, or Echo when to fly, or Sojourn when to slide, or for a tank, Winston. It's all about not taking damage, trying to save that jump, get the right bubble positioning, Reinhardt, shield management. Like, you know, I think the most important thing is to balance that philosophy of high risk, high reward, and fair play to where something is not easier it does not reward as much, but as long as there's that little bit of punishability on top of, hey, you learn how to position, time this right, take the right space, you will get re rewarded regardless of the character because if you, if you learn that core philosophy, then the game, you can have a wide variety of characters be picked. And I think Beta 1 did a great job of doing that. And I think what changed from Beta 1, obviously Junker Queen being added, she was she was pretty strong. But I think what really changed was how supports were changed. And again, if you want to change up the, the tank meta, look to the supports. Because the supports are the most meta-defining character. And that's why I'm really excited. I know DPS mains are going to be mad about this, but here's another truth pill. I think the best thing that the, de the best decision the dev team has made is to not make a DPS in the next year and to really focus on getting tanks and supports out there. Because I think that if you want to spice up the game and keep things interesting, definitely the support is the way to go. And I think that's the role that's going to need the most attention in terms of how it's changed going forward. I, I wholeheartedly agree with Sam. I think he's put it very eloquently. I will have to chime in on the support issue and say, having spoken to ML last, last week on this podcast, he would strongly disagree. And I, I also, having played a lot of support, I know you've played a lot of support as well, Sam. Because it's not really, it's not like Kiriko, like I think support's probably the only role that doesn't have like a broken hero. I mean, I know you aren't too bright on Kiriko. Kiriko's but, best hero of the game. Aside from that, I would agree. But yeah, it's she's like... She's the best ultimate in the game. She's the best ultimate in the game. And I feel like in, in, a, in a high tier setting, yes, but I feel like in every other tier, it's like, well, I, there, there's like a few ways. There's like tank gap, there's a team gap, and then there's hit scan gap. And I, I know we talked to Frito about this a little bit in the group chat. I think there's another, we can get to DPS now, I think. We've, we've had a good discussion on tanks. But I think there is a very real hit scan gap that exists, which is that the one thing that, you know, the tanks are giga strong, I'm not going to lie. As, as tank player heart, tank, tanks are giga strong. But the one thing they can do is contest two different hit scan at, at two different angles. Sam? Do you Are you considering Sojourn to be hit scan or projectile? Because her rail is I'm, I'm considering, I'm considering her rail to be hit scan. scan. I'm I considering her hit scan because the, the rail is the real, the real Sojourn, right? Please stand up. Yeah. Actually, um, uh, yeah, Flats. I think, you know, I think I want to start us off spicy. Just, just oh, yeah? as you go into that, I actually am like ninety percent sold that games are not at the highest level are not tank gap anymore. It's actually DPS gap. I think it's changed. Well, 
Well, well, well. Well, okay. We've broke the subject. Unless the tank's full trolling. Like, if they're, like, full yeah, trolling, okay. like, doing Well, I mean, if like anyone's full trolling, thing. it's very difficult. I think, I yeah. think just to round off the point I was initially starting, I think su support is the least role where it's like, oh, well, their support is just... If your both your supports are worse than both their supports, you definitely lose. But I think it's like... If you the support is the least often, you're like, oh, their Kiriko is just so much better than our our Kiriko, we just lose, right? I think like more like, often than not. Yeah, go ahead. Can Sam. I say? The, oh, uh, it's that the, the support gap creates a gap elsewhere. If your support's a bad community, support, you you probably then create a but, gap where there wasn't one but before. But on the flip side, for the support player, they don't they can do the gapping and not see the win. Whereas like quite often, if you're more often, I would say on the other two roles, when you're doing the gapping, you can see the win. Yeah, also, I mean, yeah, because because you could also play well as a support, and maybe you're healing a lot, but then your team doesn't do enough with it. Unless you're, like, Kariko just fragging, but... Well, yeah, like, either you frag, support, you, you but, it's like, it. but again, oh. it's like, either you frag, and then you're kind of... Then your team hates you anyways, because you're like, why are you fragging? Why are you going off and getting kills? Like, you should be healing me. I'm dying. And it's like, so either you do that, or if you try and enable someone else, and they fucking troll, then you just, you just sit there, and you're like, oh, great. Sam? I want to speak to this, because I feel like... ML is the best streamer support player in Toxic Game. I've said this a lot, but if we're talking about which role is the weakest overall, I feel like I have one of the best perspectives of someone who's easily true, true, top 50 on each role on many different heroes. So, you guys aren't wrong, but you have your order of operations wrong. In that, y'all already do PEMDAS. I'm sure everyone here did PEMDAS back in math. Like, the order of operations of multiplying or dividing. It's parentheses, uh, whatever the, whatever it is. I don't care. Oh, they call it, so, you know, they call that in the UK? They call that bod math. Good and stick, Sam. Listen, listen, Mr. Bator, I am so sorry. Please don't be mad at me, but here's what I'm going to say. So, there's an order of operations to what the gap is, of what I've learned, right? From the start, if there's a massive support gap, again, what Avril said, and this is where he hit the nail on the head, it's not really going to matter as much unless your tank plays hog, like, as to, like, if that tank gap is going to be there or if the DPS gap is there. I think Sojourn can kind of overwhelm it, but... At a foundational level, if your supports, if there's a massive gap and you have one on a player who's just awful, you're gonna, or a more, more one trick or something, you're gonna lose that game most likely. Most likely you're gonna lose that game and there's not much you can do. So if the supports are even, that's when you start to see the big DPS gaps come in. Like, so if core one, the support is a foundation of your building, right? Then comes your tank. If your tank is a 3100 Winston player, the tank is like the, the, the middle part of the role, right? It's really hard to overcome that. And then at the very upper echelon comes in the DPS, right? If there is a really bad support on your team, the other two won't matter as much because they can't stand. But if it's relatively close on support, then that's the point where the other gaps come in. Because the reality is, at least at high level play, like how good your supports are, it's really going to affect what you're capable of doing if their supports are that good. But, like, you get what I'm saying? I'm saying, no, like, no, the rest after step one. So, obviously, in the pro scene, and this is where I can kind of start to see what Emma is saying, when both supports are able to build a solid foundation for the tanks and DPS to thrive off of, that's when the Sojourn gap really shines, right? I like to think of support as, like, a multiplier to the skill level of your DPS and your tank. Like, if the multipliers are relatively even, 
if there's a gap on your tank and support, you are going to notice. And I've had games on support where I'm fragging out his Kiriko. I'm like, dude, my Hanzo is 12 and 13. Like, <laughs> GG, DPS gap. And in that situation, genuinely nothing you can do on support. But I could say the same for each role. Like, when I'm playing tank and my team is, like, not able to swarm me or not able to follow up, I'm like, there's nothing I can do. I, I just lose the game, right? And that's just the kind of the cold, hard reality of it. And I'm also going to spit one last hot bar. I have been grinding Echo this season. I have had no issue with hitscan. And I was very, like, hitscan is so much better in Overwatch 1. I actually have very rarely had issue with hitscan. The only hitscan that I've seen that's been able to shut me down has been a Widowmaker on a good Widow map. I, I think that the rest of the hitscan, because of their limited mobility options and with the very fast-paced game right now that Lucio Kiriko is enabling, actually are struggling, especially the middle-tier ones. I think Cass and Soldier are garbage. I think they are garbage heroes, and their deaths pretend reflect it because if you know how to dive and you know how to set up, like, they just don't have the options to actually make something happen, and they can put out a lot of damage, sure, in lower ranks, like, maybe because people can't dive as well, but I've had no issue just absolutely, like, when I see a cast on the other team, I'm like, oh, baby, I'll play Echo into you all day, and you're not going to know where I'm coming from. Put me on Esperanka, my new favorite map in the game. I love Esperanka. I was a little bit nervous about push, but I, I think it's just I don't like Coliseo or Queen Street that much because of their... Their, their secondary rotations are just very frustrating to play. But Esperanca is the, the open street, beautiful map. Love that map. Absolutely 100%. love that map. Per like, literally, the the best map they've put in the game since, like, forever ago. Absolutely love that map. Um, but, yeah, so I, yeah. I hope that made sense what I was trying 100%. to say. I don't know if I articulated it very well. No, you did. You always do, Sam. You okay. undersell yourself. You articulate it very well. And as Portuguese people around the world cry at your pronunciation of, of that map. I'm so uh, sorry. I just got to gotta chime in. <laughs> I got to chime in on a sorry. few. Uh, I got to chime in on a few okay. things it's, real quick. It's Zed kind of thing going on at the end. It's all good. It's yeah, so Esperanza, right? Or something like that. Esperanza. Esperanza. Yeah. Some, I, 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 I'm, I could be wrong. I'm just mirroring what they say on the thing. Uh, there's yeah. a couple of things I want to quickly add. Um, I, 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 I largely agree with you. I think the, the, the way I would disagree on the support category, and I, I have to say this because I think I have, you know, I got someone's got to speak up for the sports. The difference, I, I, the difference is, I think, the role that throws the most is the tank, right? Like, if your tank is just trolling, you it's it's nearly impossible to win, right? Like, that's the role that throws the most. Then it's support. I think then if your supports are trolling, you're going to lose. Yeah. DPS, I think, having bad DPS at a, at, a, at a base level, I think, can be overcome the most. I think, though, the supports have the least carry potential, right? They have the least potential Overall, to take yes. over the game. Like, they can't... Like, I, if you're popping so. off, I think you have the least ability to take over the game, and that's why I think it's been frustrating for support players. Well, where it you, depends on the hero ahead. again, too. So, like, this True, is the big but problem I think support big categories. Picture. Half those heroes weren't designed for this game. Moira, Brig, and Mercy. Mercy, I'm, I'm going to half a finger up. But, like, Moira and Brig, for example, e and Ana's cooldowns are just too high. I've, I've talked about this, too. I think an easy solution for Ana is, like, that. there's no reason Sleep Dark should be 15 seconds. That's just... it's I love playing Ana. And, and she struggles to heal and do damage at the same time. I'm To be clear, and I want to elaborate to be fair to the rest of the support category, I have played pretty much exclusively Lucio and Kiriko. That's mm -hmm. it. I think their number one focus, and I'd love to come back to support players' opinions, if they take a look at the other supports... <sighs> I don't know what to say about Brig and Moira, to be honest with you. Like, I have thought a lot about it. I We'll, we'll, I, we'll tell you what, we'll I get to supports in a sec. Let's let's keep discussing the DPS category. Um... I agree with you. Let's 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 talk about Genji. I do agree with you though. Cast soldier dumpster, but I think Ash Widow uh, and Sojourn very very strong. Um, yeah. So Genji, <laughs> the, 
this has been the meme of the community for for a while now and and sam's had his share and sam's got a twitter video if you're really interested in sam's thoughts max memo reduced from 30 to 24 maximum damage to 29 to 27 uh i'm gonna take it to flats i don't think we've heard from flats in a while flats genji slash dps give me your thoughts um they nuked him that's it like he just got nuked like ah you looked at the top 100 leaderboard it's just sojourns the whole way down. and then like the one junk rat player that's why junk rat there's, there's a did shocking number of junk rat ones up there you see the junk rat players that, that you guys did that that's why junk rat got nerfed um but uh Actually, God, actually, I, Junkrat was already... This nerf was already there when they got to Top 100 FY. Like, he, this nerf is already there. This is just in the patch notes, but it was already done. Oh, no, yeah, I know. I just... I'm. It's more of a yeah, yeah. at that point. I know, I know, but um, I'm just saying, like, for FYI, guys, like, the, the Junk nerfs were already there. They just hadn't said them out loud. Anyways, yeah, carry on. I mean, Genji... God. I actually didn't think Genji was, like, that strong. Like, I thought he was strong. Like... Like, once everyone saw the Owl meta, I didn't see many Genjis anymore. Everyone just kind of stopped playing them. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously there's some people that are, like, practicing for contenders and practicing other stuff. But it's like, I think with enough time, a small nerf would have been enough. Like, like give it a little bit of time. Like, other characters need a little bit more help. Like, Genji's been bad for so many years. And it's, like, a fun character. I feel like Genji is, like, the Rhine treatment now. It's like, everyone wants to play Genji. Well, too many people pick Genji now. He wins too many games. We gotta nuke that character. Same thing happens whenever Ryan's meta. Too many people picking Ryan? Gotta nuke him. Genji's the same thing. It's like, I don't understand why be so heavy-handed um, with a character like Genji that... Was well, his win rate insane in low ranks? I honestly don't even know. Ask Chad. Chad, you're in the low sure ranks. Me. How good was Genji? <laughs> I get yeah, a lot Chad. of people complaining. Like, I gotta say... Again, it, it, this is where, and I know we'll 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 end, end up complaining about well, why are we balancing for the low ranks? But I heard a lot more complaints about Genji than Sojourn, for example, from like people in my chat. Because uh, Sojourn couldn't be, they said it. Sojourn isn't is terrible. It's a throw pick in the low ranks, but like, but like that's like it? ass backwards logic. Then you know, it's like I was gonna, I was going to disagree beforehand, like really really fast. Is like you know, uh, I think we're almost looking at like what like the worst case scenarios are instead of the best case scenarios for like. Mm -hmm whether supports or dps or whatever is like crazy good or crazy bad like tanks the most obvious to see if it's trolling because like you know if a tank's trolling it's like everyone can see it like yeah it's like whatever but like the dps like highs are insane point being though i think i think the the, the balance is the same thing where it's like we're all looking at sojourn being insane but like for everybody else for the other 35 million minus 3,000 people it's a it's a throw pick it's terrible but genji's good because it moves fast and you just keep right-clicking, and eventually you end up hitting enough shots, and it's like you kill them, and then you dash through them, and it's like, then they pick up their mouse, and they have to, like, move it 15 times to turn around, or, like, you know, like, they're playing on a controller, and it's, like, sticks, like, it's, like, you have to, like, you, know, like, you turn, like, you know, ten, like, a, a 360, it takes about 14 seconds, or, you know, it's, like, it's insane that we balance around that, but it's, like, at the same time, though, maybe people are playing Genji and are good at Genji because they've been playing it for six years, and it's the same thing when Ryan or Winston becomes meta, or even, like, let's say a new character comes out, like, let's say Ramatra comes out. If Ramatra came out and wasn't just absolutely busted, like, 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 like the most dominant thing you've ever seen, and Overwatch League was happening, I don't think they'd go straight to Ramatra. They'd probably 
play the comfort picks. They play whatever is like really strong number two, maybe because they haven't like built up enough time to like get good at them or like really find a way where, you know, like, hey, like, you know, it's good synergy with this. You know, like we haven't had any practice yet. Like, let's not change it on our strategies, et cetera. Maybe the reason why Genji's so good in those lower ranks is because people have been playing him for six years and they just keep playing him. So when he's good at high level and he gets those buffs, now you bump into him more. And it's like, oh, that Genji player that you said is trolling and, and it's a throw pick for the last two years. Now he's actually good and he's annoying because he's played nothing but Genji for the last five years. Like, I feel like some of the like really common characters that people love to play, people get good at them over time. And if they get strong, then it's harder to deal with them. And it's like, this is why you balance from the top down, though, because it accounts for that. And yes, it's annoying to deal with them when they're good, but then your characters are also good. So, like, you can swap and you can counter him with other things and, like, other play styles. Like, Genji was not the number one pick. Sojourn was. Genji was good, but even things like Reaper were better. You know, like, I don't know, man. It's That's saying Genji I, was good. I, I think Genji was good, but I think I think that nu nuking him that bad, it's just it it really sends the wrong message of who we're looking at. <laughs> one, one thing I want to add before I get to Avril, the one uh, thing that's not on the patch list is the DPS passive was a huge buff to get, maybe the best character to get buffed with the DPS passive, right? Like part of probably why he was oppressive is that his entire kit was I will snowball with dash resets, and then he snowballs further with reload speed and movement speed, right? So. Maybe on paper it wasn't so oppressive, but like the da the DPS passive was helping basically. Avril, how do you feel about this? They should this? not have had that DPS. I feel like I I don't want to turn this into DPS passive discussion, but man, that TP DPS passive should not have been in the game. It uh, it just it fucked things up in my opinion. Um, it's also what made Reaper insanely good as well. I don't know. Like it, yeah, I do feel like the DPS passive pushed Genji over the line, so I could see that. I could see. People feel like Genji was oppressive because of the DPS passive, but that, that to me is not a problem with Genji. That's the problem with the DPS passive. Because some heroes, like, disproportionately benefit from it. Whereas a Widowmaker, it, it, may, it might even be negative. Like, they might actually yeah, yeah, prefer it, there not to be a, a passive. Well, with Hanzo, I spoke to Arg, and Arg said, this is a nerf to me, because when I get a kill, I'm moving faster, which makes it harder for me to aim. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you don't shoot faster, so Hanzo gets zero. Literally negative value. And I, Hanzo's like my hero forever. Go ahead, continue. Sorry, it's just, just so, yeah. That's so what I'm saying. Is the DPS passive is 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 so bad. They got to do something about that. Um, it's a, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I it seems like most people are saying from what I'm reading that Genji was is somewhere between good to oppressive in the lower ranks because I get it. It's like you, the the general skill level in terms of mechanics is probably lower. Genji's probably way more difficult to shoot down and punish. So Genji in your backline, also coordination is probably worse. So Genji in your backline flanking, less people turn around to help you. And so you're just the support dying to a Genji. I get it. I understand. I, I know most people in those ranks probably complain about Genji. And so to me, I'm not at all surprised Genji got nerfed because I feel like for the majority of the middle rank players, Genji's a bit of a problem where Sojin's not a problem to them. A lot of them I feel like is maybe, they might be bandwagoning a bit because Sojin at those ranks, um, I mean, I'll, I'll give benefit of the doubt to the devs. Surgeon probably isn't that insane at those ranks because most people can't hit the right clicks. And so if you can't hit the right clicks, you're just playing a worse soldier. You're playing a bad soldier at that point. Um, but I also agree with, you know, balancing top down. I said earlier, and I think balance should be not even at the pro level, but at the top 500 GM level, which includes the pros anyway. And then, you know, if you make Sojin a little bit less oppressive at that rank, I mean, she's already not great in lower ranks. I guess her win rate doesn't really change. I mean, it's still bad, right? Maybe her win rate goes down she gets... 
picked less at lower ranks, but I don't necessarily see that as an issue because to me, I feel like she's a character you want to grow into. She'd be like a high skill ceiling, difficult tier hero. Like it's not a hero you pick up straight away. If you're learning the game, if you're in the lower ranks, that's probably not the hero for you. Neither is like a hero like Wrecking Ball probably, or even like something like Echo, which requires you to have an insane hero pool knowledge. Um, so I don't mind that Sojin is like a very difficult hero to play that once you're better at the game, you start picking up this hero and, get, and, and finding value in that. In the middle ranks, maybe you don't find value. So yeah, balancing top down for something like that does make sense to me, regardless of what her win rate looks like in the lower ranks. I, I want to try and find a compromise here as well, because I, to be fair to the devs, that Twitter sphere thing was, I think, they were treated harshly on it because I think what they were trying to say, and they're and somewhat along paraphrase their exact words was, we we know Sojourn is oppressive. We want to look at curbing her lethality without dumpstering her in the metal ranks where she's already bad, right? Which people were like, oh, you're not nerfing her because of the metal ranks? I think what they would say is, well, no, we want to nerf her. We just haven't figured out how. What I would then say is the compromise to that is it's more urgent to nerf something that's oppressive than to hold up because it's not getting like play time in the, in the metal ranks or we got success in the metal ranks, right? Like you can nerf Sojourn now and figure out a way later to make her viable at the metal ranks and fair in the higher ranks rather than be like, let her, let her dominate, let her reign to the point where she's just obnoxious, right? Like it's just obnoxious when a Sojourn knows what to do. It, it's, it's obnoxious, right? There's no other way about it. It's just nothing much you can do. So I feel like what they should have done, they can keep the philosophy of like, look, we were really careful about dumpstering her in the metal ranks. But first and foremost, stop her just dominating the game in a way that's like just making it unfun for other people. Uh, Sam. So as a resident projectile DPS player, all right, I never got my time to scream Genji. I was bummed. But I also want to be fair here because there's I, I love the good old let's dumpster Genji memes. I think they're hilarious, right? And I want to be fair to the devs, but also be fair to the situation. So the reason why I think the way the DPS for change is embarrassing was because I'm willing to hear out Genji nerfs because there is a reality where Genji is oppressive in middle ranks because these kids cannot hit a, a cooldown if the fate of the galaxy, if Thanos was about to snap his finger and he said, if you hit a cooldown on this Genji, I won't snap the Infinity Gauntlet. And these kids aren't hitting anything. Let's be real. No <laughs> offense, guys. I love you all, but wait, we know. It's fine. And especially with, like Apple said, the DPS passive buff, which I kind of talked about. I was like, I, I, when it first came out too, where I said, this is a little weird because like some heroes like Reaper and Genji are the two biggest benefactors from it. But Hanzo is just literally gets nerfed from it, and Widow literally gets nerfed from it. So like, I almost have to redivide the DPS category and have two separate passes based on the type of character it is, right? So I'm willing to hear out Genji nerfs. I don't like it, considering we all know we all know he's been garbage for years. He's just his cooldowns are underwhelming. His damage is underwhelming, especially once people start to know how to play the game and the margin for error gets smaller and smaller. Genji's very good, like Roadhog is. When the margin for error is high, he's able to get away with a lot more. But when that margin for error shrinks as you go up in the ranks, he's not able to do more. But what really hurt me about this and really what made me annoyed is that, like, I don't care how Sojourn is performing in low ranks. It is very clearly oppressive. So you have if you're going to just absolutely take Genji and throw him down in the trash chute, you need to at least slap Sojourn on the wrist. That's all I'm asking for, because it's about the message that you care about your game integrity. And if you don't do anything to Sojourn, 
and you do that to Genji, who, which I would say Sojourn benefits from that DPS passive a lot as well. The reload time to build up the rail faster and the movement speed, that's big buffs for her. Like, she is definitely a benefactor. Maybe not as much as Genji is, but I would say it's about the same, honestly. I'd say ballpark, it's the same. I think Genji might be benefit a little bit more considering he doesn't have that much else to him. Um, but what really frustrated me was the fact that the Genji gets just dumpstered to where, like, I won't even be able to pick the character, really, because Reaper is just going to fill right into his place, and Sojourn gets nothing. There's no excuse for that, in my opinion. Can I just quickly ask Sam to elaborate? Yeah. Why, for players who are like, this is, like, the players who don't like Genji, they will say, well, why is this a dumpster? It doesn't seem like that much. It's, like, two damage on his on his uh, right-click, and, so, his, and his ammo is a little bit less. His actual DPS output compared to how difficult it is to get value on him when players are better at other heroes is not that good it's actually incredibly weak like he's never killing a tank on his own like reaper can tank bust echo can tank bust sojourn can tank bust and burst down targets like genji doesn't have great burst damage despite what people might think the only way he can burst you is if he gets right up on you and hits some good shurikens and then gets the dash right and when players in the game get better they tend to not allow that to happen because their cooldowns and their abilities like sojourn's rail or echo can fly because I, I talk a lot about, a lot about echo because she's been my go-to this season i've had a, i've had I, yeah I'm not, I'm not trying to say i haven't had fun i've had a lot of fun this season playing a lot of echo and i want to give the devs credit in that the core game is good but genji the reality is does not have the damage options and is not he he is a hero that fills into comps not makes metas so the fact that the hero that got nerfed the hardest this patch was a hero that fills into the meta that doesn't create the meta that is a like a strong character but not a dominant character when the game is played properly it is just silly and if, if you're familiar with overwatch's history you know that this is not true like genji is not that strong of a character if you look at the game historically i would say that he definitely got a major buff in the playstyle change of overwatch 2 absolutely which is why i actually am willing to see out these nerfs but the fact that they both came that you dumpster two parts of the hero immediately without waiting to see what Kiriko is going to do to the game, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Reaper would have taken his place either way with Kiriko because Reaper is insane in Kitsune Rush. Insane, and he has the Wraith cooldown to sustain Force the Monkey. I think Reaper actually might have been a bit better pick than Genji would have been, even with this nerf. But again, I'm okay with one. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's why does this get addressed harder and first when there's nothing at all to address the elephant in the room, which is Sojourn, right? So it's like and the, that's the, the, where I'm kind of like, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so to summarize, the grievance is like, you're not even saying they should balance for one side or the other, but it's like when, when something is oppressive in the metal ranks, instantly the devs respond, but when something's oppressive at top 500, silence, right? That's, that's the frustration. It's not yeah. just about like well, what's happening. It's, it's a very hard nerf too, to a character that's a fan favorite. Like Flat said, like everybody loves to play Genji. I'm pretty sure the Dragon Short is the most viewed in all of Overwatch history. One of the best game trailers I've ever seen. Seriously, fantastic job. I think it's, would you guys say Genji's a fa fan favorite hero? I, I would say so. I would well, say yeah. Genji one of the Genji's most picked. A, a, a fan favorite hero. And it's just, I, to me, it's like, guys, like, I know we want each season to have an identity, but I can assure you, even if you just slap Sojourn on the wrist, she would still be played. <laughs> like, she would still be, she is very, very good. And it's just kind of an insult to pro play that 
I think, especially coming off of such a fantastic Overwatch League meta with, like, the most diverse hero pool ever to go, like, into this hard, hard meta. And it's just, like, guys, like, this is the driving force of your community, whether people like it or not. I know people might say, well, no, Sam, the casuals are. The casuals are important, but, it, like, again, when you look at a ship, for example, you look at the figurehead. Right? It's a very small part of the ship, but like that like is, is considered the icon of the ship. And there's, there's a reason why the saying figurehead, I believe that comes from a ship. Am I incorrect in saying that? Like the figurehead of the ship is like I'm gonna the front Google part of the ship. Is that where the, the, is that where the saying comes from or is that – maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm, I I'm not a ship guy. I don't know. It's, maybe I'm totally off base on that. So if I am, I apologize. But, you know, like the body of the ship is very important, but like the, the mass and, and, the, and the figurehead are what gets decked out. Right, because that's what people look at. That is the 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 leader of of what people look to, and so important to make sure that's in a good state. So for that to be neglected, I'm not upset that the body was looked at of the ship. I'm upset that it that the mass and the figurehead was ignored completely, like completely so ignored. And it's just and Genji, a fan favorite hero that's infamously infamous for being dumpstered when he shouldn't be. It's just in the grave already. Give him, like, give him so triple jump back. There you go. <laughs> oh god, ledge dash. So two, ledge two caveat is that obviously the figurehead is actually power a powerless figure. Uh so that's actually ironically very apt in the wrong way in the sense that people <laughs> like enough, you, every, right? everyone looks at the figurehead but it's actually a powerless thing so in that case Genji oh, is actually well, perfect perfect for Genji so yeah he's actually the perfect fit I just want to quickly actually I, I, we've kind of dwelled on this a lot but I want to take it to a larger picture question I'm going to ask Flats as we kind of scroll down just Junkrat and Sombra Nurse which again I'll just show uh, for the sake of showing what what what, what Sammy is alluding to there is about like the popularity again, right? This becomes a top a converse, uh, controversial topic as well because people say, well, the popularity should have no bearing, right? It's like it's like this two schools of thought. It's like the popularity should have no bearing or it should have some bearing. What do you think, like on this whole issue? Because obviously you play Ryan and that has another like a, a sort of thing attached to like a stigma, right? Because in the metal ranks, people pick Ryan all the time, anyways. So the minute he's strong, people are like, whoa, too strong. But then at the higher level, he's always bad. Where should that land? Uh, well, honestly, I have for a long time. I've always tried to be like objective, right? Like try to see both sides, try to figure out how like what's the best way to go forward. Kind of like, you know, what is like the most beneficial for the game, etc. Um, but like, I'm 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 starting to like kind of lean towards more like no, actually, I just think this is the way. And I think even with something like Ryan is a good example. Uh, Ryan even needs to be stronger than he is. Um, because he can, he's terrible in higher level play. It's just not good. Um, but in the lower ranks, he'll always be played, and people enjoy that. People enjoy playing Ryan. Why is that? Uh, I think he, like how Sam was kind of saying, oh, earlier, is one of those core heroes that fundamentally still stands for what Overwatch originally was. That space taker. You don't want to get too close to him because if you get too close to him, then you know it. Now it's scary. The biggest complaint for Rhine players, like people playing with Rhine players in the metal ranks, is the shift button. Like, think about that. Like, like nobody ever complains when they hit shatters. People don't complain about the swings. They don't complain about the window fire strike when when that was a thing. The only thing people complain about is when their Rhine shift into the enemy team. That's it. And we'll, and and that's the only ever complaint that's ever come up. And realistically, uh, I think that whenever a character like that becomes stronger. People are going to want to pick them more. 
because one, it's a comfort pick. It's been around since the game was made. Um, so people, there's many, many people that have experience with playing it, and two people enjoy playing it. They think it's a fun thing to do. Um, and on top of that, too, uh, not many people get to really, at least in high level play, don't get to play it that often anymore. Uh, because I feel like there's like people, people look at like Cloudy and like, oh, well, Cloudy, Cloudy's good at Ryan and plays all the time. He doesn't play anything else. He just plays Ryan all day long. He's insane in it. Like, if, if we if we balanced every character because one person was good at the character, then like. We'd never buff or nerf anything because there's one tricks for every single character in top 500. They exist. And it's kind of frustrating because um, I think that especially the main tank breed has died. Nobody, there's not really any left. And I think that's one of the things that uh, keeps people from really like bringing that question back. I was like, do tanks like Ryan Winston um, deserve to be stronger than they what they currently are? Because things like Roadhog and Zarya. And Sigma just keep creeping their ways back up. Arissa, I, I don't know how you're gonna solve that. That character, I think, is in like such a weird spot now, where like she's just an unkillable wall. Yeah, for like lower rank players, like she's so unfun to play against, but like she's fun to play at the same time. It's like I feel like why haven't like why haven't people looked at Arissa more? Almost like if Arissa's so dominant and so unkillable in the lower ranks. Why not change Arista somehow? Like, I feel like she's terrible in high-level play, and she's oppressive in low-level play. Why doesn't Arista get anything looked at? Why? Because nobody talks about it. Why is Ryan not getting any big changes? Because nobody talks about it. Uh, I, I think that, uh, to be honest with you, things like Genji is another good example, and Ana is another good example. It's when Ana's really strong, people enjoy playing Ana. But I think she's also one of the fastest to get cut back down to size, because she'll have high pick rates have high win rates and that to the devs is a giant warning sign of we now need to nerf this character because they balance a lot on stats and i don't think it's totally the way i think there needs to be a somewhat in-between balance of stats and feel and i think that player perceptions is something that should be taken into account for of you know hey people enjoy feel playing this character biased, a lot stats is objective and feel is biased so i think is the position as well yeah, I mean, not wrong, but then but if we only go off of stats, we get a boring game. And what? who defines boring? I, I, I agree with you were saying, but I'm, but I'm also saying, like, if you balance off a of feel, it's like, well, who whose feel matters? Like, who's who has the objective feel? Like, everyone, everyone, people have different feels, right? Is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. so it's like hard to, like, nail down, like, well, what is the feel? Whose feel and is the right the, feel, you know what I'm saying? Like, And the other truth as well is that we're, we're quite biased as players in that you like you said flats like our conversations can impact what people do or don't play i feel like we spoke hog into utterance in like a demon that, that haunts nightmares like we kind of a lot of creators started talking oh, hogs coming guys hogs coming and you know we kind of speak these things in utterance and sometimes owl can can show things into into strength even if they're only good in a coordinated setting, right? Like, I'll run something in a coordinated setting, people will be like, that hero is strong, even if actually in a solo setting, they're not. So, yeah, like, just to, just to add on Avril's point, it does, like, I agree with you, I do think feel is a factor, but then it's like, well, they might be like, well, we, we, we played off a of feel, Genji got nerfed, because people felt he was fucking, t like, dominating. But, but we do the opposite end, though. We don't feel, we don't talk about the good end of the feeling, but we talk about the bad end of the feeling. Like, Hog's mm -hmm. a good example. Like, people don't like getting one-shot by Hog, right? Like, we'll complain about that, and we'll talk about, like, 
that maybe shouldn't be a thing. Like that feels bad to play against. Well, then why don't we talk about things that feel good to play as, right? Like I feel like there's two ends of it, but it's almost like more, I don't know, taboo to talk about like, hey, maybe like we should make this thing better because it's fun to play as opposed to, no, we need to nerf this other thing because it feels bad to play against. I feel like they both deserve uh, to be a part of the conversation. So some priority for like, these are the heroes that we think the community enjoys having in their games. I mean, I guess that, but it's like, what's what makes those characters fun, right? Mm -hmm. Like what makes Ryan fun? What makes Ryan fun is the uh, leading your team, the taking space, the being aggressive, but like, you know, I wouldn't say like the pin off cooldown, even though there obviously there are people that pin, like th that was always the part of his kit that was the worst, like arguably the worst ability in Overwatch 1 was pin. Uh, it was such an all-in ability that like very rarely worked out and, you know, obviously they changed it so now you can cancel it and I think the best part of pin now is just being able to pin cancel the other tank off the map in very niche small situations. It's like, is that fun for Ryan? Yeah, it's pretty fun. But I've all you've also lost the part of, you know, the shield is like you're not really going to get all the way into the enemy team a lot of times on shield. They'll just kite you and they destroy your shield and you're dead. Or, you know, for example, even fire strike, like fire strike being that 10 damage nerf isn't as threatening as it used to be. Like if fire strike was 100 damage, right? And you could two tap with somebody if you nailed both of them, that would be pretty scary. But now you're like, eh, I'll survive. Like as long as you're away from them, it's not that big of a deal. Those are parts I think that need to be talked about. Is like, is that a fun part of the kit off of feeling? Because like, if you want to talk like damage numbers at that point. It's like, well, actually Ryan's damage on the stats chart is actually pretty much in line with the other tanks. So we don't think he needs a damage buff. Like, that's what I mean by stats versus feel, if that makes sense. No, it, it totally makes sense. My, my final follow-up question before we move on is like, for, from if, if from the dev perspective well how do we measure that feeling like where where do we go to seek this feeling like what is yeah the seeker it's hard of the to feeling. quantify i don't know how i don't know how you quantify feeling is the issue you mm. have to look at you have to listen to people who objectively understand the game and why the gears turn the way they do not just oh if you do this if you do x y happens okay why yeah. we to send this we send this podcast that. to the devs every episode we just and they do down. listen. Yeah. They they listen to this every every single podcast. They're, the community team listen to this, and then they you know we, give we feedback. This podcast, we will dictate the feels. <laughs> we are the feels. Right we tell you what to do. We are your feels now. Yeah, we are the feels now. Send you. That actually gives me a good time to plug that. Actually, because a lot of you guys ask questions in the in the chat, but I've now made a separate channel for this in my Discord server, where you can go and ask your questions. And at the end, we'll quickly run through the questions. So rather than like spamming chat with your questions because we're never going to fucking read them we're gonna have we have a specific specific part of them uh later oh, so if you got really illusion i mean oh we always read your questions i mean to be <laughs> fair we do read we always read your questions in bossing say yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay let's let's because we got still lost we, we've gone like an hour and a half we barely left the uh, dps uh balance changes final one just kiriko uh the swift step in vulnerability duration reduced a little bit do you care about sombra do we want to talk about sombra yeah, yeah. oh yeah the or sombra no? I'm, I'm gonna say this most unfun character in the fucking game feel and yeah i mean again it's like hard to quantify how can i say to the, to the devs like this well i can say why but then like they would have to do it on an individual basis right they'd have to go case by case and be like players keep saying Hey, this character that runs are invisible and holds right click in my face and just disables me from doing what I want. That's not fun for me. 
so yeah, I, I think I'm glad these nerfs are here, but it still doesn't change the fact that she literally just runs around and hacks. Like if you're a tank, you're particularly How do you fix runs her? I don't know. I don't know what to do about this hero. Like this permanent this... gotta go. Yeah, the permanent like... has to go. I think first and foremost. I think the thing is, Viz got way stronger in this game because of pings, first and foremost. True, but also That's the thing is, point, like, actually, it yeah. is a good point. It is a very good point. But also the other factor is that, like, having to decloak to hack gave you a bit of time as well, and the pathing of it is the annoying part, right? The, the annoyance comes that there's no real way to anticipate where the summer's coming from to hack you and when. It's just, like, it could happen at any moment. At least the decloak gave you an audio cue before the thing started. And the timer on the invis meant that there was like a limited window of like where that was happening, right? It's like, okay, she, she's going in and like with a different flanker, you, you know the pathways they can come from and you can potentially spot them if they're passing badly. Like, okay, they're coming from this direction. With Sombra, it's just like, it's just, there's no way. You just literally at any moment, any time she appears. I, I got it. I have the solution. Yes, go. I just thought so, of the craziest idea for Sombra ever. This is this is fucking insane. Solve Overwatch, Aaron. Aaron. I know, and I know Aaron's listening. Aaron, this is for you, but this is fucking insane. Instead of the current hack, how like let's, I don't know, I don't know what to do about the damage multiplier. Let's just pause on that for now. I have no idea. But the actual like silence part, like the the CC part of the hack, which disables your abilities. Instead of disabling your abilities, what if we just let's say it pauses your cooldown and freezes it where it is for like six seconds? So what I mean is like if you've got like. Your, your, your cooldown's about to come off, and then you get hacked, and it just stops at where it is, like, two or three, whatever it left it is. But it does mean that when you get hacked, you can still use whatever ability's available. But it's just not gonna cool down. Like, it's just stuck where it is for a little bit. And maybe the same with the ultimate. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's just like, so when you get hacked, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. actually still use stuff, and you can still, like, interact. You're not just locked out of using your abilities. Your abilities don't move in terms of the cooldown. Like, they're just stuck where they are for the duration. I would yeah, rather so take more damage than deal with that. I can't lie. <laughs> right. I'd rather Sam, take more damage. damage. Sam, a, a small Sam, window into what it's like in the dev team. <laughs> what if a small it was only window. For like second. What the hack? What was the second? Problem. The current hack you made What is this? Oh yeah. No. Well, I mean, okay. That'd be kind of useless. I, you, you know what <laughs> the right, big Sam. problem is with Sombra? In, she exists. The, the, True. Yes and no. I feel like the big problem was where this one in particular went wrong. You remember my opinion on Perma Invis, how I thought that was just like a really bad change and it kind of baited low-end players to run around in stealth and think like every somber review I do, these kids are running around as if yeah. they're playing Dead by Daylight, playing hide and go seek. <laughs> like, I'm like, hey buddy, just so you know, you might think you're doing something, but you're really not doing anything. Hacking while Invis was one of the worst changes they could have made for especially with perma stealth it's just like you can't i think the frustration really stems from your inability to interact with it um and what makes overwatch so fun and, and to describe what flat was talking about on ryan it's the it's the game flow of constant interaction with other players and reading it and the push and pull the flow of the game the tides of overwatch i like to call them um and with sombra like you, she can disrupt that flow without you being able to interact with it whatsoever. And in, in, in a way, it's in the same boat as a one-shot And that the reason why one-shots are so frustrating, it's like we always talk about, oh, a one-shot suck, is because generally speaking, there's no interaction on your end that you can do to stop it. You're just dead, right? In a more mild version of that, that's where I feel like the core issue of people's interaction with Sombra, it's like, well, 
what as a player can I do? And listen, I uh, I I've had to play a lot of Doomfist this season. All these like a Ruben would go somber against me, and I actually chased him. It's like the the old Mother Russia jokes, like oh, in, in Russia, Doomfist chases you. you. You know the old Russia jokes or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. I I forget like the I forget what they were. They were they were very good, very good jokes. But um, you know, I I feel like. The, the inability to interact and stop it is, is what made it so frustrating and disrupted that flow of core Overwatch that everyone loves so much that I feel like they really did a good job of capturing with Overwatch 2. So, you know, I think if you want to fix Sombra 1, I feel like this patch is a slap on the wrist. I think that, I think it's a needed nerf and I think it's a good change, but I, like, the ability to hack while invis is it just, it is just an awful addition to the game. It just should not happen. I don't even think she should have permit invis. I think that actually nerfed her for a vast majority of the player base because they just run around in stealth and think they're doing something. So I, I think you remove the ability to hack while invis so players can have a better job of interacting to it. I don't think you have to change the hack too much. The 25% multiplier I think is okay. That'll let her still frag out, but I, I, I'm this just is... not a big fan of permit invis or the hack while invis. I think that's a big uh, You really think this is a slap on the wrist? I think this is a pretty heavy nerf. But for me, so uh, the big like, reason I think it's only a slap on the wrist is because it didn't change what what made her really good at her core. Other DPS will outshine her, and I think you're right on that. I don't think she's going to be hard meta, but her core win conditions haven't changed. Building the EMP and getting the big burst damage off. Okay, her so she's very, very so she's not fun to play against, but she's not she's not oppressive anymore, right? I don't I think with this yeah. she's a lot less oppressive. Like she's yes. if you get if you get hacked, she's not just like destroying you with a forty percent damage buff anymore. She's less oppressive she's, to supports. I think equally suppressive to tanks, though. Like, or near enough. Not You can't get double hacked, but if someone wants to run around and just hack you all day, like, you're still going to... It slows it down a store. lot, but the, the core... Like, her core play style is still the same, and people will still find issue with that. And I think that, unfortunately, because of the way it was changed, I think low SR players are still really going to struggle with her, but I think good Sombra's a high-level play. Like, their win cons are still the same. That you didn't change the win cons. I think her build rate, her build rate will be slower because she's doing a little bit less damage. That fifteen percent less damage to hack targets is less, and that'll probably that'll slow her down, which in turn will lower her pick rate because building EMP fast is what makes her so good. And then getting that EMP, especially before support ults and just winning a fight early, is is the best way to do it in ranked. But I think at her core, I I still consider that a slap to the wrist. Unlike Genji, who just like those numbers are going to really, really hurt him and his core play style. But Sombra, like, at her core, if you still know what you're doing, you're still going to be pretty good. I just think other picks will be better. Fair. Now, before we round off the DPS category, we have gone a lot. I just want to quickly... Uh, well, May is back. Firstly, do you guys have any thoughts on May? Love her. I uh, should put, put her back into... Put her back yeah, in I, I'm with Avril. Yeah. I'm with Avril. I'll find another bug. Listen, like, I'm I, man, I, hey, here's my problem. As someone, as someone who played a lot of Overwatch One May, like May and Reaper were my two Overwatch One DPS picks. What I really lament the loss of is the is the like the having to make a decision between disabling and damaging. Like in Overwatch One, you're kind of like obviously the wall annoying, but obviously with one with two tanks, there's more ways to mitigate the the one tank getting isolated. Like the diva can fly up and help or whatever, right? But secondly. It's like, okay, well, if I'm left-clicking, I'm mostly focusing on disabling this guy, right? I'm taking, like, a couple seconds to, f to freeze this guy, and then my team follows up. And then the right-click is like, I'm going for damage now. I'm trying to kill this thing from range, or I'm trying to finish this target up that I froze. Now that you're doing 100 DPS while slowing people... Like, the freeze doesn't even... It doesn't even need... You don't even need the freeze. Because you're doing 100 DPS to the character already. So in the two seconds that it would have normally frozen, and then you must shoot the right-click, that character's you already dead while being slowed. <laughs> 
So like it's worse uh, in terms of like the frustration factor because you're dead by the time you would have been frozen you're now dead. So like what would you rather be? I'd rather be frozen than dead. Personally, and it's like as the May player, it, it's the May player. It's just like it's just kind of like brain. I know if it's a tank, it's different. But like as a May player, I just feels brainless because it's just like I'm just running around spraying this left click everywhere. There's almost zero occasion to right click. Well, there's your mistake. You should always right click. I was a right click May. I like, I love right clicking, but it's like now it's like May, you should be right clicking. Yeah. Yeah, but like at the but for the normal player, it's just like we'll just walk around with 100 DPS in someone's face. Yeah. With like no accuracy. The precision is what like if it was like hard to like execute, then you could justify the 100 DPS. But it's just like just fucking hold it in the direction. It's 100 DPS per second Damage for multiple ramp, targets. It shouldn't just be like a raw 100. Like it should build up over time. I feel maybe like on a target. I yeah, know. that that would make sense. Or like a sim. That, or like a sim. That that makes sense. More sense to me. I don't think it's in a way that it's like it's gonna dominate the game. It's just annoying. It's just one of those kings was like, this is just stupid. I'm being like slowed and I'm does. dying. I like what she does from a team perspective in terms of her, her interaction with Ryan and like enabling those types of comps and the fun things you can do as a team for walls. But I, I think she's like an annoying character at a casual level, just a face, just like you see a May. I don't know that anyone has fun playing against a May. Yes. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Nobody enjoys that interaction because especially like if you're the one being isolated, let's say you're the tank. What, what, was, what did you opt into there? It's like, oh, but well, she put a wall behind me and now I'm fucked. Thanks. <laughs> slowed down with slowly DPS. dying just like slowly you know being burnt down while you can't escape because you're the same speed as them by default and now you're getting slowed so it's like you know it's just like yeah it doesn't feel fun to me so i'm not i'm not a huge fan of overwatch 2 may any any thoughts flats or sam before we move on i think they just raised her skill floor that's it like her skill floor was a lot worse i'd say like when you had to hit the left click and then the right click to kill somebody it's just like now, if you're not as good with her, I feel like you can still get a lot of value, just like running around, which is, you know, it's, I don't think it's like that great, but uh, the removing and the freeze was such a nice quality of life change, because like, realistically, I don't know how many May players went around killing squishies. That's like not May's role. May's role was always to isolate tanks and basically make your life a living hell. Um, by removing the freeze, the 100 DPS doesn't mean shit to you anymore. It's like, you know, yeah, you, of course you're taking damage and you're being slowed down, but you can fight for your life now. You can rock them, you can shield, you can shoot back, swing back, like, whatever you gotta do. Like, before when you were walled and frozen, you were just dead, no matter what. There was nothing that happened. You just, you died unless a lamp came out, pretty much. And then people would be like, obviously, like, the lamp was, like, the problem. And it's like, well, yeah, the lamp was the problem, but it's like, the lamp was the only thing that saved you at that point, too. Like, the May was also annoying to deal with. So, uh, I agree with you like it's it is you know it's not as skillful but i i i actually think that may is much better nowadays than what she was before um you know the irony the, the ironic part of that is if you go to the overwatch forums people will say like oh they ruined may they removed the freeze they made her bad it's like they actually made her better <laughs> well yeah. i think and then this is the discrepancy i think what flash talking about is like is it when it players are good but i think when it's like when players are bad it's just like you know the one hundred. They raised the skill floor of it though. It, like, was, you it get, was cheesy. Well, lowered it. it you, you mean yeah. like it's it's easier? Like lowered it? 
No, he no. He's saying, that, he's saying that be, it, May is objectively harder to play because you can't corn oh. it and just walk up to a tank, freeze them, and shoot them in the head. Like you actually no, you have to. Uh, no, 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 no. I disagree with that. No, no, yeah, I disagree like, with that. Yeah, but like set that up is like really difficult. To no, do. Sam, you're you're forgetting that to to know when and where to wall. Like I have I've watched a lot of bad May players to know when and where to wall properly, and then like <laughs> I, that's that's a skill. Like that requires enough knowledge of like you're the right. engagement compared to like what what normally May players do is they like because everyone's in fucking well, Narnia, right? Wait, First and I, I think Flats is saying. Are you are you saying? Because Flats is saying. I'm saying it's dumber. They, it's dumber in Overwatch too. Okay. I, I think I May is dumber. In I think you have to I be not. smarter, like to get think, the value. I think it, I it think was easier to, to freeze smarter. and kill somebody than it was because now the difference is that they can actually interact with you while you do it and get away and use cooldowns before they couldn't. So, like, I agree. The damage is kind of dumb, and I I I think. No, the reason the floor has come up is because you can walk up to a squishy. Hold left click on them for two seconds and they die. That's easy. That's much easier than freeze them for two seconds, then right click. That's an easier interaction. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like maybe I'm wrong. Like, so you're saying May's easier in Overwatch 2? Because I'm saying May's easier in Overwatch 2. I say the floor has come up. The floor has come up where that's much easier. But the part that would of be May lowering that was the floor, cheesy, though, wouldn't it? Then would that not be lowering the floor? The floor Am I wrong is like the, the bottom, like the how terrible. Yes, yeah, so you're, so you're making it easier for someone to get value with it. So uh, like now easier. we're getting to yeah. the the definition of floor because I think both definitions are technically true. And this is the problem with talking about skill floors. So basically, the character is easier to play versus most players. We'll but forget about the term. The Let's just talk about it like this. Yeah, yeah. Talk, remove the cheesy like factor yeah. of. Being able to just freeze the tank. It. Talk about it in the way whether it's like easier or harder. To I play, just think it's easier. Yeah, the skill floor, both lowering and uh, like raising the skill floor, can both be synonymous, and the English language is very confusing. It is. They both could mean language. the same thing, even though they sound like the opposite thing. True. Yeah. Right, because it sounds like the barrier of entry, we talk about skill floor in terms of barrier of entry, if that goes down, it's easier. Then, we t then what Flight's talking about is a skill floor raising means the, the bottom level of the skill floor may has gone up, which means she's better. So like, both end up kind of in the same place, even though they sound like different things. So, fuck you, English. Uh, we'll just say yes, she's easier. True. Let's yeah. turn this into a French podcast. I, I would like to see something different on her left click, though. I would. I think it would be yeah, cool to potentially... Uh, I'm not sure how you guys would feel about this, but... You know, May could be a potential anti-dive character to slow the game down a little bit without being horrible. Like, what if she could either speed her team up by, like, freezing the ground and make them, like, move a little bit faster on the ground? Or, like, the other team is a little bit slower on the ground? I don't know. I, I, I think that there is... I, I do understand May players' frustration, though. I think May is better for the game without her freeze, but I do understand that other players want some kind of utility on her left click, and I'm willing to explore that, though I don't know exactly Frozen. what it should be. Frozen? Yeah, that's... that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did that in our patch, in our, in our Overwatch 2 Come patch on. with the ice path. We did that. We tried that. It was, it was, it was memes and jokes. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be... I'm, I think that's a discussion that potentially is worth having to make the character oh, still She turned really into unique. a speed rush character. <laughs> just froze on the floor. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I welcome funny. I welcome our crazy hey, overlords. Hey, can play more Rhyme. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally for it. Some slush rush. A slush rush. rush. Wow. Slush I, rem rush. I remember oh, you were man. playing Bastion in the in the pugs we did, and you were just like zoomies me, and then they like put the path on you, and you were just in the turret form, and you slid into the picture, just <laughs> gunning them like the drive by Bastion. <laughs> Good um, stuff. Right. So <laughs> let's let's quickly have a word on supports then. Um, Kiriko change impactful, Sam. No. <laughs> Doesn't really change why Kiriko's being picked, is it? He won't leave till our ult's nerfed. 
I think I also can I rant about the invulnerability for a second? Can sure, I just go ahead. talk about it for a second? Go ahead. So what is so frustrating about the invulnerability, I like is the fact that it blocks all hero interaction. That is like if I'm playing Doom and she cleanses, like I can't interact with the player. And do you want to know what the worst one for me was? I, I know Flats is gonna like this one, but oh my god, this sent me. I'm playing hog. I'm dirty. I know. Flame me for it. Toss a hook at this Ryan one trick on Midtown. Get him. I'm like, oh, baby, this kid's mine, right? Pull him in. He gets cleansed. My hook doesn't break, and he can take no damage. So I have just pulled a max HP Ryan into my whole team, and none of us could interact with him for, like, the first, like, whatever the time frame was. And I was like, well, okay. So tell me if... As Doom, like, I try to punch a player and they cleanse. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, like, Kiriko having an ability to answer stuff. But I go straight through their team and, like, that gets me killed as Doomfist. Because I, because as Doom, you want to punch, like, if you're anticipating right. hitting somebody versus not hitting somebody, it, like, the punch is going to stop me so I won't die. Like, I'm, all of that's in my head. Like, I've thought about three cooldowns ahead as Doomfist. You have to, right? So, if that gets changed, like, and I go right through that, that one player and I can't even interact with them. But Ryan, my hook doesn't break. It's it's a little confusing. That doesn't seem very consistent, right? And also, like, if somebody's 1 HP and you can't even shoot them as they get healed, at least with Immortality Field, which I, I absolutely despise as an ability, but at least you can still interact with that player. Like, if I'm Doom, I can hit them and stun them and build my shields. If I'm uh, Genji, I can dash through. If I'm Echo, I can still beam them and keep them low. But with Invuln, on top of the cleanse, like, I can't... I literally can't interact with that player, and I think that that's not in the best spirit of Overwatch. I'm okay with it getting potentially more burst healing or something. I, I'm not really sure what, but I'm not a big fan of your inability to interact with the player at all while they're involved. Chat, you heard it here first. Samito just defended Bap Immortality in some fathomable fashion. He actually said something else was better than Bap Immortality. I think I saw some alcohol there. That must yeah. be it. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. He's off the juice. Henry, Henry He's McKenna, absolutely man. off the McKenna juice. He just said that something was worse than Immortality. It's over. It's over. Avril, Avril. Exactly. <laughs> I'm putting words in your mouth. That's the quote on the headlines. Avril, what do you think about this? I think the strongest part of her kit is the ultimate, so I agree with Sam. Unless her ultimate gets nerfed, she is still super strong. Um, I don't think I have as many issues with her invulnerability as what Sam's saying, but like, I, I can see the, the part where you can't interact with the invulnerability being a pretty frustrating. Uh, I don't really know what to do there. Like, I mean, is it better that we just get rid of invulnerabilities and we... we then you start to get in the conversation with immortality field as well. Like maybe you, she just sticks. Maybe it's just like a hard cleanse, but the vulnerability part isn't really part of it. It is only zero point seven five seconds though. But like, if you're really good at the game, that's all you need. Um, but if you're not very good at career code, like I kind of it, it feels like it doesn't really last long enough either. It's a very interesting hero that I feel like. Um, to me, as long as they do something about the ultimate, I think I'm happy. I'm still willing to at least hold out and see how the hero looks after they nerf the ultimate uh, before I look at any of the other abilities. Just spitballing now before I ask Flat's opinion, maybe one thing it could do is just, rather than phasing them, because what it does is phase them, right? We could just lock everyone's HP 
for that like 0.75 second or even because I, I think what they wanted was like you know the, the what they had in the trailer where the junkrat tires coming in and she goes and it's just like it does nothing right that i think they want that that so i don't I, I guess they don't want the hp to go down to 50 basically is the point right they want it to be like nothing happened to you so you could just lock their hp place and that way at least the stuff that you're talking about sam where it's like if i'm trying to punch this guy away He's getting punched away still. He's uh, just not losing HP. I don't think the devs want to copy Emo. I don't think the devs want to literally just copy Emo. Like, they want the hero but to But it wouldn't be Emo. It would just be locked. Because like, Emo locks you to a minimum. This would just lock your HP for 0.75 seconds. Like, it would just be like, if you're 500, you stay 500 for 0.75. You get but, uh, but I can still... It, like, like, but you can still physically move this like, guy around. Physically work, you can move right? this so, guy around how about, how about everything's the same, but they're not phased and you can interact with them? Actually, that's pretty much what SPV just said. That's pretty much what SPV just said. That's that's what I just said. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page. I would like that. I think that's one thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't like hero interactions where you literally like it's like you just can't do anything about like hack one invis, one shot sometimes, but especially this one where it's like, oh, you can make all the right plays and doesn't matter. And flash those as well where you're charging and then suddenly the character just goes poof out of your charge. I mean, yes. I, had, I had an interaction yesterday where I, like, basically flew through one where she was, like, coming <laughs> out of it, and I was just, zoom, and I thought I had her, and I was like, wait, no, I don't. Too late. I was, I was too deep at that point. GG. Lost the game off it, actually, because I couldn't tell, because, like, it's so hard to tell how, because how small she is, her, 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 her character figure is so small, you actually can't really see her in the pin. So you have to like wait for the thing to pop up saying like, you know, it's like you have someone pinned, but at that point, it's too late. You've already committed too far. It's Man, like that character, that character actually hard counters Ryan completely. Like cleanse, you can literally just cleanse Shatter. You can either cleanse it beforehand or after. Doesn't matter. Like you still, you like if you hit Shatter, boop, everybody stands back up. Doesn't matter. Uh, pin not being able to pin interact is is kind of awful. Like, like I, I mean, I'm sure Doomfist and, and Ryan actually pretty much interact the same way. Where it's just like, well, now I can't do anything to you anymore. You're just see you later, you know. And it's like if I made a, a decision to use my eight second cooldown to pin into you. And you just go, boom, and it's like, well, well, I'll go fuck myself, I guess. Like, what's the point, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of there's a lot of things there, but uh, I saw it, you know, like, I'm actually surprised more people haven't questioned the ability to teleport through fucking walls yet. Yeah. Um, like, it's it really has just like a, it kind of like wants you to play uh, that flank aggressive support style, and it's like, that's fine, but at what point is it like, are we sending the wrong message to players that you should be going on the flank constantly to look for off angles, to look for kills, uh, instead of staying with your team or helping your team in a lot of ways? And at that, po at what point do we also give too much an ability to like, hey, we isolated you away from your team. I primaled you off like three miles away from your team. You're dead. Oh, nope. You just teleport through the four walls I put you behind. Oh, okay. See you later. Like at some point, like it's like, where where do we draw the line and i would actually be totally fine with like compensating for her somewhere but like uh to be honest with you like it's just it's like where do we start like the invulnerable like doesn't last that long but not being able to interact is ass her ultimate is just unbelievably broken um her damage i think like is kind of like trash and I think a lot of times, like, it's promoted players to playing that aggressive DPS playstyle, but, like, 99.9% .9 of players can't actually do it. 
So they end up trying to be the next DPS Kiriko, and instead they let their tank die because they're playing Lucio Kiriko because they expect to be playing the speed comps. But instead, the Kiriko is looking for damage. So she has 700 damage and 400 healing on the first fight. And it's like, that. good job. You shot their tank a few times, but nobody died for it. And your tank died within the first 15 seconds. It's like, what point do we like kind of like realize like what messages are we sending to players? How many things are we allowing you to get away with? How many bailouts are there in the game? And on top of that too, uh, where where do we lie on like letting you not even like have bailouts for yourself, but bailouts for your teammates? And do those feel fun to play against? It's like I feel like Kirk has so many things that are like, why don't we question those more? Because she's not like Brig, where Brig is like very very. Sorry, let's say release Brig. She was so easy and fundamentally easy to play. You just click two buttons. That was fundamentally broken. But because Kirko's really like high skill, where we're like, yeah, yeah, we can get away with that. And it's like, at what level do we go? Like, okay, yes, it's high skill, but like it's so high skill that it's not actually that useful, and it's sending the wrong message to players to play that play style. Where it's like, what if you actually made her damage instead of one twenty? You made it 80 for headshots, but you made mm. it her kunai's much bigger. And it was easier to hit them, right? Like or just faster. Up, or faster, yeah. Like you so you had more damage uptime. Or like let's say you removed the 3x entirely, went reverted it, and then buffed her to, to six to fifty damage, let's say, instead of instead of like, you know, like like doubled it. So like, yeah, she would go hundred damage per headshot because she's still two tap a squishy, but she would be more consistent throughout the fight, hitting more shots. Because I actually think Kirko is a character that is so high skill that 99% of players can't even play her very well. And I, and anytime I've seen any like low level players player, if they try the DPS play style, they suck balls. They're terrible. They're, they're actually like useless, but if they heal bot, they're also useless because they could just play bath on a, um, uh, even Moira and heal bot the same way and get more value. So I feel like she's like, she's got so many things to her. That I feel like you could maybe buff her damage, reduce the the three X, maybe make it two point five, you know, make it so she or even two. I actually think three. I think the three X is just gimmicky. If I'm being honest, I think going back to the old style, of like regular or two X, buffing her damage and or making it more consistent, more speedy, because you get games where I had Rack the other day get eight K damage on an eight K healing on BAP and was just flooring people, and they have a Kiriko who has eight thousand healing and a thousand damage, and it's like. They probably mm-hmm. thought they were doing a lot, but they weren't doing shit because Bat was just so much better being able to do both and probably and it felt better for me to play with because I was like, oh, he's getting kills and I'm getting healed a bunch. This is awesome because I actually have really started to get really mad in my t- in my tank games because like Sam said earlier, the coin flip of do you get the good Kiriko player? I actually end up getting a lot of games where either I have someone I'm like, holy shit, they're nasty or I get the game where, wow, I haven't gotten healed once in the last three and a half minutes. I'm going to go bananas. So if it's me getting that, imagine all the metal rank players who are also getting those Kirikos, and they're not healing their team because they saw ML7 do a lot of damage. But you can't, you're not ML7. You can't do that. So it's like, I, I feel like there's like four things we got to look at for her, not even just one. But sorry, I went on for a while. But the, the irony, really quick, the irony of it yeah. all is like, even at the pro level, the, the best Kiriko players, they're not even really going for damage or flanks or anything. They're just heal botting because the whole meta is farm the Katuna rush as fast as you can then spam that. That's the whole meta. True. 
So two th- let me answer this for flats real quick. So let's start with the order of operations of Nerfinger, right? You have to nerf Kitsune Rush. Kitsune Rush is the best yes. ultimate they've ever put in the game, ever. And it's not close. It is better than Rally. It is better than Window. It is better than literally any ult they've ever put in the game. I dare say better than Robert, okay? I know there's a lot of Robert fans out there, but it's better than good old Bob, too. Um, so you have to nerf the values of that. Even down to 30%, I think it would still be incredibly strong because it covers such a massive area. Um, number two, I actually have seen way more Kirikos that are heal bots that are incapable of doing damage than DPS Kirikos. I've only actually seen one Kiriko who's same, DPSing same. too much. I also don't think they should change her damage. I kind of like her being an incredibly high skill ceiling support. They, I'm okay with them maybe changing it a little bit, but the thrill of hitting headshots, and that might be, I might be saying that as a player who's like actually able to hit that ceiling on the character, because believe it or not, my highest peak, I know everyone's like, oh, Doom player, oh, DPS. My highest peak is on Kiriko this season, actually. Like, I love playing Kiriko. It's my guilty pleasure. I, I think that she is the best support they've added to the game since Ana. They should be thrilled with her. And I think she just needs to be tuned, but she's really fun. The second thing you should probably look at is the invulnerability. I actually don't find the TP to be that oppressive. Um, the reason why, I think maybe it's because she has to go to teammates. Like, there are some times where I'm like, oh, like, damn, she TP'd out, whatever. But I haven't had a moment where I, as a player, I'm like, oh, my God, this dang TP. That really happens to her ult and um, her cleanse. So I would look at the ult first, then look at the cleanse. She's still too good. Um, but I kind of like the way she does damage. I think they need to add more supports that are rewarding like that, and the burst impact of hitting those potential headshots, I find it be really fun, though I would be open to them if it's clear that, hey, it seems like this gap is a little too much, it seems like this barrier to entry is a little too much for this character, because I'm not gonna lie, when you, it's very noticeable when you get a Mercy player learning Kiriko in your ranked games, because they have literally, like, there's a clip of, there was one game I had with False, and at the end of the game, our Kiriko had 500 damage, and he was like, bro, you have 500 damage, and he started flaming our Al player on Sojourn for dying first, <laughs> like, bro, like, you didn't throw a kunai all game, um, so, Flats, I think that would be, uh, if the gap is too big, which it very, very much so might be, you can either increase the proc speed, which would increase your consistency, but in which case, if you do that, you need to nerf the damage multiplier and increase the base, maybe to help her be a little bit more competitive. But, I, I, I'm i not sure. I'd have to look at her stats at low rank, because this is where you can look at stats, where it's like, okay, if these players literally can't hit anything and this is too hard, like... But I really do enjoy the high... I, I love the high skill setting of the character. I think that's exactly why people are more okay with it because if you are not a good player you won't get away with it and it won't violate what i always talk about fair play fair play is the most important thing the risk to reward skill to reward and i feel like her skill to reward ratio is generally fair but her ult is just a little too over the top and invulnerabilities inability to interact like you can't interact with it i think is just too good and if you change those things i think the character is in a great spot but if they want to tune it down lower the skill ceiling a bit and raise the skill floor I think if you do it a little bit, it's okay. But generally, the game is better when those two things are really spread. Yeah, I think I think well, I want to take a second here to say the kudos to the devs because we, we shit on them a lot in, in these podcasts. <laughs> the The majority of the heroes they released recently have been not easy to get value out of in, in anything but the highest level, right? So like Junker Queen, Sojourn, Kiriko, Echo, Sigma, Bap. None of these characters are good. Like, just go and go pick them in plat and you win. Like, they're just not, right? The last character like that was maybe like Moira, where it's like, 
right. just pick her. Oh, well, well, re- well, re- OG Brig, well, even I, even even like release Brig, yeah, release Brig was giga strong, but like people still don't play her well at plat, right? Like they just don't. So, like the you know, I understand the fears, like with you know heroes being behind battle passes and future hero releases of like, well, at any moment they could release a hero that's just free farm in gold, and it's like, well, if you don't have him, it's GG, go go next. But yeah, like they've they've done a really good job of not releasing a character that's just like free, right? Like you you do have to be good at these guys. So I think kudos on that front, um, and hopefully that they, they don't break that system. Um, the thing, like I, I don't know if I'm bringing more problems than solutions. The thing that I find frustrating about the TP, like I've gotten used to her TPing out. It's when you're like trying to kill someone, and out of nowhere a, T, a Kiriko flies in and Suzu's. That is what I find frustrating. Where I'm like, because you. Cause you can like calculate a certain risk where you're like, I can kill this guy. I, I I gotta commit a little bit, but I can kill this guy. And usually with like a different support, you're like, okay, well, are they in the sideline of their other healer or like you know what's going on? With Kiriko, it's just literally like flying through walls, being Suzu underneath, and you're like, oh well, now I die then. Okay, that that's my frustration because there's no way to see that coming. But I I I, I guess the this counter is it's fucking fun to teleport through walls and. Why shouldn't we have fun things? Avril, have you got anything to add? Um, not really. I just want to see like what direction they want to take Karika in, in the future. And I actually agree in the whole hero release thing in terms of like people are probably a little bit more worried than they should be because it's still t- it's all these new heroes are pretty difficult to um get value unless you're really good. So maybe t- the highest level, the the much higher level of gameplay is when things are a little bit more concerning about like, well, if this guy doesn't have a certain hero, but then I also think most high-level players probably have the battle pass or will be interested in getting those heroes anyway. I don't know. So, uh, wait and see is my position on Kariko. Mm-hmm. Any more thoughts on any of these guys uh, before we move on? I think Sam wants to bring up some sneak nerfs. I'm going to bring that up next, but any more thoughts on this or sneak buffs? And supports in general? Just, just yeah, supports or just the patch in general. If there's anything left unsaid, um, the only other thing I would say is like, I think that just to like tie back what we were saying before, I, I would, I, I mean, I don't know what it looks like, but like the stats for supports is like supports is by far the role that needs the most help across all ranks, and like they need something. Um, I'm wondering, uh. You know, if this is the way forward where characters are constantly like that high skill. And now I also want to point out really fast that Sojourn was that high skill when she was first put out. Then they actually buffed her because it was too high skill and they made it easier and it broke it for everybody else. I wonder if there's actually the The railgun size hitbox. Yeah. I mean, from alpha to beta, they buffed it. Yeah. I mean, they. Well. Was it? I, I, thought it was, I thought it was beta one to beta two. Was it not? Oh, I, regardless, it happened. I'm not sure when it. They happened. buffed in, it, then they al- nerfed it so, in live. So in yeah. alpha, it was it was 1.0 size. Then they made it ramping, and then they whatever they nerfed it into like a more of a ramping size, and they buffed that or something, right? But I remember alpha release of Sojin. I don't know if you guys remember. She was insane. Like yeah, her alpha railgun, was, oh, yeah. giga, yeah. giga, giga, giga yeah. It was bad. Um. Anyway, but but like I wonder. Uh, if there is, and I don't remember, I love high skill characters, but I wonder if, especially in that support role, if it's too high, they might not even get to really play Kiriko and they not, they don't actually get to experience that really cool headshot you're talking about. Cause I know that feeling the big dink and like someone falls over, they don't get to experience that. They don't get to have that. So 
those the support players don't forget during beta one and beta two were screaming because they felt the game was really bad they might not have ever got the chance to actually have that good feeling that cool feeling um and i wonder almost if that's the new way forward uh is support really going to start dying off and really like people really don't want to play it almost like the tank role. And I, as someone who is a tank player in overwatch one, I think it's a really dangerous slippery slope to go down when you just start going, no, that's just the way it is because that's how we got double shield. And that's how we got these boring tank metas. Nothing was worse as a tank player when you were forced to play those characters and people would scream at you to play those characters all the time. And if you didn't play them, you were hard throwing and hard trolling because they were the only thing that everyone was acceptable to play. I wonder if those middle to lower ranks and stuff like that, you're if you don't play something such as Moira, Lucio, Mercy, you know, if you try to play these super super duper high skilled characters and you're not getting value, you're not going to have that fun that everyone else is. And it's like there is uh, that's like one of the few things that I think that the casual players do deserve is the ability to play the game and have some fun with it. And I'm worried that if the skill ceiling is that high that they literally can't get any value, that maybe there needs to be a middle ground somewhere where it comes down. That floor. I'm not going to say the floor. The character needs to get a little bit easier to play at a base level. I mean, right, where, but even at the higher level, it's still very rewarding and very fun. You can. I think you can get a lot of value. Like I said, like the, the best way to play Karika, ironically, the pro level, is to just heal bot, which I think at the, at the casual level should be pretty easy to do. Like you sit behind somebody, Pretend you're Moira or Mercy, you just spam heals until you get Katsuna Rush. And I, ideally, you drop some Suzus in there when appropriate. But you don't but like, get the damage part, which is like the fun of the character, you know what I mean? What, what was their damage per 10 on average in it and now? Do, I'd, do have you, check. I'd have to check. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, they do like to weave in damage when they can, but like, by and far, like, I measured success of Karikos and like win rates of teams, success of teams and team fights based on how quickly they were farming and and by far the the teams and the Kariko players that were focusing on heals would have like a 10 to 20 percent alt charge advantage and that timing difference means everything for winning fights yeah because you can't kite it and it builds everyone else's ults right like that's the benefit of it it's like in the kitsune rush everyone else is building it mm. yeah it's a tricky one because and because clearly she was not marketed as a heal bot hero right like the whole marketing was this is the support that the DPS will love to play. So it was like, go yeah, shoot stuff. That's true. But it's, it's fun too. It has me playing support a lot more. I won't lie. I like you in support now, but again, I'm a player that's capable of outputting that damage. So I think Flats, that that is a serious problem, which by the way, people don't remember in season seven, eight, the big issue was that no one was queuing support before roll queue. That was the role that wasn't queued. And you've seen this shift a lot of times. So if it's too much, I think the easy solution would be to lower the middle, the multiplier at the highest level of play, Increase the projectile speed. I'm not sure if the hitbox needs an increase. I think the proc speed would. And increase the base level damage. That, that way, I mean, you don't crush the skill ceiling and skill floor together. But it does allow for players. The, the number one thing is the proc speed. I, I would say the proc speed is more important than the hitbox. Because it doesn't matter if the hitbox is big. Like, it's... You see accuracy stats go up big time. Like you saw for Hanzo. When he got that small increase, the average Hanzo accuracy is about 25%. He jumped up to 40 with their projectile increase there. It wasn't even a hitbox size. So... Lower, lower damage at the, ceil at the ceiling, increased damage at the floor, increased proc speed, and that's how you can help lower rank players get a little bit better at her. But 
because they they aren't going to farm their ults very well in, in low level play. You just got to give them the option to put out damage to win, and that's the best way. Or to use it I've seen uh, I've never seen people use Kitsune Rush so like ult so badly. It's, they, no one can use it. Right. No one knows. People where are to just go. throwing it's, in Narnia. They put it on the like, cart. It goes one inch. It just goes boom. It just well, doesn't yeah, go anywhere. Like into a wall, or like I've seen people put it like literally where they're like in like next to their Rhine, and they put it right in the face, and the enemy team is just there, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to let you go in it. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. So, so the, the the best way I described it when teaching my players at UK. Because um, I've been coaching University of Kentucky this semester. I'm actually, I might play next semester, but I'll have to enroll first. The best, the way I described uh, Kitsune Rush to our Kiriko player Butters is I would tell him, I'd say, think of it like a spine, right? It's like the spine connects everything in the body. You want to put it where it covers the whole lane so that not only can you fight where you are, but where does it extend to? What's your LOS where you extend? It's not just where it is it's where you can reach by going in and out of it and that's where you want to think about how you can use it and get aggressive with it and that helped that helped teams so much just improve with kiriko so big tip to you Sam, kiriko players at home yeah i got i got some stats for you i pulled Sweet. through some stats from the grand finals of the overwatch league so uh these might be super secret probably not it's i don't prob know it's the probably 3k or more 3k per 10 so or more is my guess so the, the player i'm talking about is fielder he is the flexible player the kiriko player for the dallas field they literally won the L grand finals best team in the world currently um, King's Row, stats for Kiriko, fielder, 14 limbs, 4 final blows, 2 deaths, 2,463 uh, damage, which is only 7% of his wow. team's damage, 11,562 healing, 59% of his team's healing. Here's the fun part, Chio, his Lucio player, 4,589 damage. So not quite double, but like 2,000 more damage. The Lucio wow. player did 2,000 more damage than the Kariko player. This is Fielder, maybe one of the best Kariko players in the world. Here's another one. Coliseo. Um, 12 limbs, 3 final blows, 3 deaths. 4,066 damage. That was 10% of her entire team's damage. 14,648 healing. That's 58% of the entire team's healing. The Lucio player, Chio, did 5,553. That's 1,500 more than the Kariko player. The Lucio player did more damage wow. than the Kariko player. So, while the Kriegger had double heal. This is what I'm saying. At the extreme highest level, the very best players in the world, they are they are all heal bots on Kriegger. That's, that's shocking. Saying. That's shocking to me. Because like mine is like 3.5k per 10 in ranked. But that's just ranked. So, so that's, I don't, that's so shocking. I'm, so I'm bumping to you, huh? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, My question is... I still am getting 10k per 10 on heal. Avril, so do you okay, think that fair. would change if the ult changed? you think they would change that emphasis? Or I mean, they might not even I play. Think, yeah, I think they might play a different hero. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say like, they might just stop playing Kiriko, but like theoretically, the problem because the problem is the damage is too inconsistent. Like you could be going for damage, but like, are you really hitting that many shots consistently, especially versus yeah. players that know how to position and dodge and move? Probably not. So it feels like as well if you were healing. if you were playing Kiriko as like I'm here to output damage with my kunai headshot. Is Zen not just better? I mean, obviously, there's the other utility that Kiriko it's brings. Utility. It's she, but like, Zen, if Zen that, but punishable. I'm saying if that's what you're playing her for, right? If you're like, I'm picking her to output damage in the team, the Discord plus the Zen, like, much more frequent damage is just like better. She heals more and that? she has better range healing. She has better range healing. That. People forget how easy it is to heal as range. That's why I love playing Echo with Kiriko. She just looks at me and I'm getting a bunch of like on a level burst healing without her having to aim. And it's way less pressure on the player, which is why it's so good. So that I'm I'm actually blown away by that stat. That's really shocking. Wouldn't Bap just be that's better the, than? He can't heal at ranges consistently. That's the big difference, and that's why Moira is so much way worse play. as well. And his ult his ult covers True. way less space. You just run it over. Like if you look at the amount of space that Window creates compared to Kitsune, Kitsune like it, it's not even close. Like because again, Are remember you? it's not just about where you are. It's about because you can maintain the Kitsune buff when you walk out. So all you have to do Dude. is touch the Kitsune briefly, and you can take the effect out of the range.
If you Katsune yeah. the window, the, the Katsune wins almost every single time. The window never beats a Katsune. Well, I, I thought the question was like, if we needed more damage, because we were talking Zen. I was saying, like, mm -hmm. wouldn't you just pick that because oh. you get more damage? Oh, right, right. Like... I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Oh, um, maybe. Maybe. Probably. It depends on the comp. Anyway, it, we rambled on this for a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting theory crafting. Anyways, uh, yeah, we've, I've taken a lot of you guys' time, so I want to quickly ramp. Uh, Sam, you wanted to talk about stealth. Buffs. Well, yeah, I just had a question about like what we thought. Like, is something going on here? Like, you know, because they, they did this in, apparently in Warzone. There were really a lot of stealth buffs and nerfs, and I, I, I'm sure you guys saw Dante's tweet talking about like a tracer buff. Like, have we confirmed yeah, if it's true or not? I, I generally am going to trust Dante's POV on tracer. <laughs> He's probably not wrong. Um. Do we even want to talk about it? Do we know? Like, some people have said that it, it existed in the first beta. It's existed that long. Yes, Dante basically has a clip on Twitter where where he feels that Dante has a clip on Twitter where he feels that Tracer's you know range got stealth buff basically. They just does more damage from further away basically. Is that correct? Yeah. I I don't know. I, that's well. We can move on. I've but so, some kind of comment from blizzard addressing whether or not that's true and or false would be nice but i have no clue and i, I just looked at oh my god that background just threw me th through a loop as i just looked over and saw two flats you're like what the hell flats is looking at that chair like, real bad <laughs> i was like wait what <laughs> i've taken over this podcast Oh, okay, god. one one uh quick word on since we've been talking about patch the patch frequency Flats, I'm going to take it to you first because I, it might just be that video itself, but there was a video where uh, you were not happy at all with the delay on the patch, and I feel like you just weren't happy with the timing of the patch. How do you feel about this, this sort of this proposed cycle? I mean, the ideal is mid-season patch and then a post-season patch. Like, that's the cycle. So here's what I think. Like, actually, I think that only once a month patches in a game like Overwatch isn't enough. I don't think it is. I think that small micro patches every two to three weeks is what's actually needed. And then one big one every season. What their current plan is, is like one big one every season, one small one in the middle. It just isn't enough. Like the, and, and on, and this one, the reason I was so mad about it is because one, we were kind of talked down to going into it. We were talked down to like talking about like win rates and pick rates and, you know, this is we're talking. We're talking like the fifteenth of October. There's a there's a video I had about then where I go over the, the passions. It was like kind of condescending. I, that's how I read it. And then it got walked back a little bit by Aaron on Twitter. It was like, well, like you know, hey, uh, you know, we are going to do some mid season because it basically sounded like they weren't going to do any mid season balance patches. That's what the first article sounded like when it first talked about. We we're like, whoa, this isn't what we were promised. So it was walked back on Twitter. Nothing about Sojourn. Everyone was like, hey, why, why not Sojourn, though? And everyone, don't forget, that's the honeymoon period. Everyone was still very happy with Overwatch balance-wise. Yeah, Sojourn's not that fun. You know, it's kind of going a little bit rampant. But hey, you guys are going to make some changes? Sounds good. Then we get to the Halloween, you know, patch here. And it's like, hey, listen, we're going to look to, you know, do this. But, you know, it's like, we're actually having to push it back. Like, this is what the changes are. No Sojourn changes, though. And it's like, huh, you're not making a change to the most dominant character. And you're pushing it back even further that's not, it wasn't just like, it was all the way to the 15th from, I think the Halloween patch came out on the 25th of October, if I'm correct. So that was a three week push for your mid season patch. So that gets pushed all the way back. Then we get there and it's pushed again with no update on when the date is going to hit. Like we ended up getting it two days later, like hours later, but there was nothing. Like that was like, 
something on the back end has to have been really bit wrong. But there was no talk about like when it's coming again. We were just told, yeah, it's getting delayed. That's it. And then another like five or six hours later, that's when we got the whole, hey, you know, it'll come out in a couple of days. It'll come out Thursday. But the point is, though, is like the communication is still lacking. And it's like, yeah, I got pushed back for errors in the 25th. But it, like at the same time, like it wasn't the best patch. It still should have had a little bit more. And the timing is really not that good on it. And it's like, we finally get to there again to the second one. And it's like, oh, sorry, I got to push it back again. No updates on when. It's like, at some point, you kind of start to lose me and lose my faith a little bit. Because it's like, you, Overwatch's balance has always been a problem. Like, the game has been hard carried for the longest time by, like, the art team. And now, like, content. What saves Overwatch from now on and keeps people playing, not only myself, but, like, the average player, is the content every season. Getting a new hero, or a new map, or, like, you know, if they put more stuff out, like that Halloween update, the Halloween PvE was top-notch, so much fun. That's the stuff that gets people to come back going again. What kills your competitiveness of a game is letting it sit there and get no updates and just letting it fester over and over and over, because... You want each season to have an identity. And it's like, well, season one's identity is Sojourn. One taps everybody on cooldown. Get used to it. And it's like, I feel like Overwatch is one of those games that you can't let sit there for that long. And I don't know if anybody remembers, but like three years ago, Jeff and the original and the Overwatch team made a commitment to the player base and said, hey, we understand we don't patch fast enough. We're going to work towards getting to balance patches every two weeks. And so every two weeks it would announce what it is. And then next week it would come out. So realistically, it was like three weeks. But Eventually, after a few months, we got to that and we got that period for about two to three months. And the game was like not bad. And that was around that October time. That was October. That, that was, was when October we got October and the game was good. And then you know what happened? They went, nah, actually, we're good. No, they we're not doing we that buffed, anymore. We buffed going, May Briggs Sim. And then that, they let off the gas and, and they, they said, we're left going to it. And we were like, later. <laughs> they let off the gas and went to work on Overwatch 2. Sorry, we can't do it anymore. It's taking too many resources to, to patch the game or whatever, and we're going to work on Overwatch 2. And then guess what everyone did? Everyone, myself included, all said, you know what? They're going to go work on Overwatch 2. Yeah, it sucks they're leaving the game to abandon it. It's the worst decision they could have did. They even apologized for it later. They know it was a bad decision. We're not going to dwell on the past. But we can't forget that that period was when it was good. And the constant updates keeps the game fresh, not only for old players, because Sorry, not old players, casual players, because they barely read fucking patch notes. They can't tell the difference if the Genji got one less damage on it or not. They're just going to go, oh, there's less Genjis in my game, or I'm dying less to Genji. Pog. And for people that play all the time, they're going to feel like the meta's changing constantly. They're going to feel like things are fresh. You get both worlds, and they both be good. And I think that it doesn't even have to be to the point where everything needs to be perfectly balanced all the time. It just needs to be changing quickly. And I think things that are very blatant, like Sojourn, need to be addressed and can be tuned. But it's like even a small nerf, like I think you, you touched on it earlier, even something tiny, like to go with the Genji one, just to acknowledge, hey, we see it. We see the problem. Like we're going to we'll give you a little like a little something. It might not be enough. It probably won't be enough. Then people can go, well, they nerfed her, but it's not enough. But at least they nerfed her. They tried something. They did a little something. I think that one, the midseason and the one season is not enough. I think that there needs to be two mid seasons i don't think it works the same way of like apex apex has a thing where it's like every half season 
they change maps and they make a bunch of balance changes. The game works fundamentally different than than Apex does. We don't have the variety of a game like Apex where you can try five or six different heroes and then five or six different guns. You got one character with one set of damage and one set of cooldowns, and then you can change those characters, but all of those characters, they don't change for such a long time. It's like they don't, it doesn't, the meta doesn't change. The way the game feels doesn't change. It doesn't have the variety I think other games does. So it needs to be updated and patched faster to keep it fresh, to keep it moving. Because if you're talking about the lower ranked players, they're going to pick Reinhardt no matter what. <laughs> so, like, don't be afraid to make a change to Roadhog within two weeks because he's, you know, he's really kind of like running rampant up top. And, you know, it looks like it's not being a good time up there. And on the lower ranks, it looks like he's surviving a little song. Eh, I'm like, well, fuck it. We'll change the cooldown on a hook by one second. A little something. Yeah, you know what? Is it great? Nah, not really. Then, then you can change it again at the big next season patch, but it's faster. It keeps it fresh. It constantly gets people guessing. Because before the Overwatch League meta came out, like everyone was kind of guessing. Like Zarya was strong, but it was like, wait, well, Winston seems pretty good, but like Diva seems pretty good too. And Sigma seems pretty good. And it was like this rock, paper, scissors thing was happening where everyone was just counter swapping constantly. But now that we, we saw what Overwatch League plays, we see what contenders playing. There's no patches, there's nothing that's changing it. Everyone now knows what to pick, and it's like, I must play Sojourn. And it's like, it's just, it's boring. Overwatch is a game that needs to be updated fast, and it needs to be faster than where it's at. And can I was I, more mad about the delays than anything. Can I ask I was gonna go off anyway, that? Like, what if the game, hypothetically, hypothetically, what if the game was in a really good state? Would you still want it to be patched out of that? Because in, in some ways, the philosophy of patching is patching towards a state of ideal balance, right? Um, but if we are just kind of throwing out patches every x amount of weeks whatever number that is is there a level where you just start patching for the sake of patching even if the game is quote-unquote balanced because i would have said It'll never be balanced but i would have said we have we've had certain stages of the states of the game that felt really really good and i'm sure you could name a couple times you know when you're like maybe the october area era of the game yeah. you're like wow the game is great right at that point would you wanted them to have come back and done something there because like the game's good right i mean so i agree but it's not possible anymore because we're getting we're getting content now. So it didn't work. So October worked because we got Echo six months beforehand, and then they were starting the process of getting fast patches off of a character from six months ago. But if we're getting content okay. every other season, we're getting a new character. When a new character is introduced, it's fundamentally impossible to keep the game balanced the same way as it was a few months ago. And all the time before that, before Echo was like a year. So we spent this whole year building up like what balances before Echo, then Echo hit, and then we accelerated the balance patches. I don't think it's fundamentally possible for that to happen. I'll say it like this then. I'll say it like this then. I, I, I will agree based on that because I felt like, again, mid-season Madness this year, which was, I don't remember when that was, uh, sometime around the middle of the year, the meta I felt was pretty damn good. This was beta one. Obviously, this is mostly applicable to like pro play because we didn't really have the game out at that stage. And I don't think people could really maybe you guys could play the game in the beta one i can't remember um and then patching out of that going into the junk queen stuff in beta 2 i was like holy shit this is so much worse we just killed one of the best metas we've ever seen for this but that was because the new hero came out and completely shifted the way the game was played so i guess i agree that like when when new content comes out it will just have that level of impact um but i will say that if we're going to have some quite regular patches coming on through i think each of the patches are, are probably not going to be equal in some ways as well but some patches might be really small and i'd be okay with that like if if the meta is in like a pretty okay state i only want to see some really small tweaks i don't want to see any any big stuff coming on through because i still believe in 
the optimistic idea of reaching some level of like ideal balance state and if we're close to achieving that i don't want to just suddenly throw that out the window for the sake of balancing because you got to balance and throwing some big stuff out there just like minor tweaks is okay for me i think they already said that that's what they're going to do though at the beginning of every season so like every season is going to be some major balance we don't know what that's going to look like till next next season so i agree with you though i agree with you what I'm what I'm more mostly talking about is like the frequency of the mid season balance patches. Yeah, like, maybe we could have more. Sure. Those those small patches need to happen more often because it keeps the game fresh. Even small little tweaks, like little things, like even a second or two off a cooldown or one or two points of damage yeah. off of a character in the mid season to keep it moving in those quick successions, I think is the key. But the big ones, I agree with you. I I, I think that like let's say season three will be a good example because there won't be like a new character, right? So season let's say season two hits some perfect meta and then in season three they make this crazy balance changes and break the whole thing oh i'm with you on that then like that's bad that's dumb but it also i don't know what their philosophy yeah. is at that at this point because they've told right. us like that like they're kind of wanting to make every season have its own feel but right for us right now that means sojourn just one taps you for the whole for the next 60 days like is that, is that what we want you know i don't know if we're do? like what just do it like Warzone does, and you just you have there's two big patches, but after each big patch, like you have your midseason patch, which is very big. The start of the season introduce something crazy, and then a week or a week or two later, you have like tweaks, and then pretty much after every big patch, a week or two later, you have tweaks that could have a range of medium changes to small changes, and then the, the game flow. The season still has an identity. And that's what this season was missing where, okay, even if you slightly nerf Sojourn or medium nerf Sojourn, this season's identity will still be Sojourn. Everyone's yeah. going to remember it as Sojourn. She's still going to dominate. And that's the easy answer. So I think Flats answered the question perfectly, though, about like, oh, well, what if the game's in a good spot? I agree. You don't have to do anything crazy. That's when you add a new character and then you kind of rinse repeat. And that's how you keep the content cycle fresh. I think that's the best case scenario because it can't be perfect, but it can be damn close. And we love chasing perfection because what is life? I love chasing perfection. I'm sure oh. anyone else who loves games loves to do it too, and that's the fun of it all. That's the thrill of a chase. I don't know if we're ready to talk fully about Sojourn yet, and uh, that's the that's the hot topic, and it's the one that a lot of people bandwagon on as well. But it's like uh, part. Of, if I was to give some real benefit of the doubt and, and hand Olive Branch over the devs, I don't know if they fully figured out what way to nerf Sojourn, which is probably the real reason why she didn't get nerfed in the latest patch. Because I know you guys are saying like, oh, just give her a small tweak, but I, I, I think there is some danger in like, oh, do you just, do you just throw something out there for the sake of throwing something out there unless like, if you don't actually have the real solution just yet, because then, I don't know, you'd kind of have to walk back some of that stuff. It, I don't know, it gets a little, I'm not, I'm not on board with any sort of idea. I'm not saying you guys are saying this, but like, I know some people just want to see any nerf. I'm not on board with the idea of just like balancing for the sake of balancing. I, I think they're trying to work on a real solution. I think Sojin's just a complicated character to reach a solution for. Some people might not think that, but I, I do. I mean, I, maybe I'm saying this is just like a player I've been playing like like a high like playing for so long. But like, I even think that like something like how long she holds charge, like that isn't something that fundamentally changes her ability to earn kills. It's just how long she holds the rail for. Like I almost wonder but at the one game point, will still be revolving around one shots. I mean, cool. She she made it's a she, small tweak though. It's a small tweak. It's like it's just something like, hey, does it. this make a difference? You know. The other the other thing I want to add to this, I don't think it really alleviates people's problems. People still complain about getting one shot by Sojin though. That's the thing. The, the other but thing like, as well that adds to this. Sorry, sorry to chime in, guys. The, is that we've often in the past had small patches and we get annoyed sometimes as well, where we're like, 
oh, this is like, well, power creep in reverse, right? Where it's like, oh, you this isn't enough. And then you're going to give him another two nerfs and then they'll be really bad. Or, you know, the other way, obviously, is how we got power creep where it's like, oh, you gave him a little buff, but it's not enough. And then three buffs later, they're really good. So people might get annoyed at the smallness of the patch too, right? Potentially. But that's what they've already told us they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Like they, they've already communicated that we will get one big balance patch at every season and mm -hmm. one small mid-season patch. And I, what I argue is it shouldn't be one. It should be maybe two or if things are really fucked, three. But I think two is probably the sweet spot because I don't think every two weeks is going to happen. I think every three weeks is doable. And if every season's nine weeks, you can fit two in there, no problem. So I think that two would happen. And I and I, I don't disagree, but I also think at some level we have to understand like we like where do we where do we draw the line between being able to be criticizing like listen like you know uh, this is not okay like this needs to go at some level as opposed to giving them the benefit of the doubt and I think that I sure. personally I think that there's a there's a fair ground of something small is better than nothing at all. And How about this? I will say this though, I guarantee if they did something small, even if it's the real charge, whatever, nerf, we, the conversation we will be having today, and they're probably the, the rest of the Twitter sphere, whatever we're having today, is instead of like, oh, they didn't nerf Sojin, it's, oh, they gave her a slap on the wrist. And people would still be angry, people would still be saying whatever they're saying. We, we'd, we'd be, the four of us would be sitting here right now being like, I can't believe they only slapped Sojin on, on the wrist. That's what we'd be talking about right now. True. That's true. true. And then they that's eventually have to. Up for. Mm -hmm. That's what you sign up for, though. Like at the end of the day, it's your job to pursue this, right? And and you understand when you walk in the door that it's never going to be perfect and that people are always going to criticize, but your job is to give it your best shot you can and learn from it as you can go on. And and that's where I do sympathize. I think the best shot is coming. Game dev. Yeah, no, I know. I, I agree. And and look, this is coming from one of the guys who's the most critical of how what they've done over the years. But, you know, as somebody who loves games, and maybe this might be my personal opinion, I could be totally wrong on this, but that thrill and that like that desire to chase that perfection and it is a high it is a tough job i'm not going to sit here and say it's not but you should always always be looking to do more you should never be satisfied and personally if like if, i don't think that i i don't think anyone's satisfied think so? though I don't think anyone's satisfied. I think, I think, well, that's I think fair. They, that's fair. It's the concept. I think, I, mean, the, I think the recognition of Sojin being strong is there. It's just like, I legitimately think they don't know how to nerf her. And I, the reason I, I believe that is because I think she's a complicated hero to, to nerf. Um, because I don't think you quote unquote fix Sojin and get rid of most of the problems until you remove the one shot. But if you remove the one shot, her, her identity changes. She's like a sort of different hero, right? So it's a very delicate thing to touch. You either make her feel really shitty and her one shot doesn't come very often at all and she just becomes like a really bad hero because that's like her entire identity or you put the power somewhere else and I, I, I don't know like if you keep the one shot but you nerf everything else I think she just feels like shit but I think the only way you really do Hot anything take. is you have to somehow change change the way the one shot works and, and put the power elsewhere it's just a very complicated thing to look at and, and no no slap on the wrist will solve the issue because then people, as I said, everyone's just going to complain that she got slapped on the wrist and oh, I'm still dying in one shot to her. It's not that fun. And then I when they eventually change the thing that is, is the problem. And but, but, but the thing is, when they eventually change the thing that is the problem, then again, it's like the power creep or the reverse power creep, power nerf creep. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you dumpstered her uh, main problem, but also reduced a bunch of other things about her. So now she's like giga bad, right? It's like, then you end up in that world. Yeah, I, I still think she'd be good without her one shot, by the way. I agree. I, I think her mobility, mm -hmm. in some ways. like, in her mobility and her ability, like, she could still 
burst somebody down by getting a couple right clicks off and then getting the body shot. Like, she wouldn't be as good. Maybe she could only one-shot in her ult. I, I don't want to get into the speculation of it all, but, like, I still think because of her mobility and her slow and how she could fit in the comps and her ability to output damage in general, she would still be a good hero. I think she'd still be better than Soldier and Kree. Or Cass, sorry. I think she'd be better. I guess I guess the idea that, like, Avril's talking about, and I'm also trying to devil down. No, I'm sorry. That, to be clear, I get, I get what you're saying. I kind of diverted away. Is that, like, is that like yeah, three but you weeks? Are right. You are right. Is that three weeks is like if if something is a problem and like something is problematic? Three weeks is not really enough time for the devs, realistically speaking, to be like we figured the solution, right? Because if they like if they could see that quickly, like okay, we can perfectly fix the identity of Sojourn while doing this, would they not have done that earlier? Like I disagree. I fundamentally disagree with that too. You disagree? It's your job to know. It's your job you to know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's your job to know. Absolutely. And if you don't know, then I'm sorry. I can't. When when there are pro players out there who I know could bring good solutions to the table, and say, let's walk the hypothetical. If you don't, it, it is your job to know. There's nothing else to say. It's what are some good solutions? What are the pro solutions? The pro solutions. I think a couple. I, again, I think may, reducing the time that she keeps the charge from eight seconds to like literally two seconds. I don't think she should be able to hold her rail shot like a widowmaker because it, it, in, in scrims and high level play, there's this game of chicken that goes on. Because the so because the tank has peaked the sojourn for half a second and she hits one shot, which then resets the delay cooldown by eight seconds. So now you're not playing against a soldier seventy six type character. You're playing against a soldier seventy six type character that is okay. also a widowmaker, so, right? I don't think that needs to be in the game okay, at so, all because low level players don't get value from that at all. It's only at high level play. Right? They 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 nerf the the time you can hold the charge. She still one shots one next. Doesn't fix also, her. Also, that, that's a starting a point. That's a, that's, as well. You know that though until it happens. Yeah, but can you keep ping-ponging with the character? You can't. Can you keep making like huge changes to the character? But like, oh, that didn't work. I wouldn't say that's a huge change. I think that's a slight tune, and and that's perfect for a mid-season patch, right? Like I'm not like you don't have to do the drastic thing, right? I agree. Like making these mid-season drastic changes can get risky, but that's a simple one where it addresses. Because again, like, we talk about the problem of like Sojourn only being good at high ranks. That is a problem that is only happening at high ranks, and high-level players understand that. There is that moment where, as a squishy, you're like, oh, she has rail, and just winning one or two fights a game like that will add a minute off the time bank. That's a lot of time of, like, resetting. Like, that's consistent, right? So that's a really good, easy adjustment that wouldn't be devastating to the character. It wouldn't change the core character fundamentally. So, like, I kind of have a general rule of thumb when you look at game balance and stuff like that is... If you don't, you don't want to fundamentally dumpster a character and how it operates in the game immediately. You want to take a look and see if you can tweak around the values without dumpstering the, the core fundamental. In this case, you don't dumpster the one-shot fundamental, but you nerf the uptime. You nerf the consistency. And nerfing consistency in Overwatch, which is consistency has been the best thing in the game since it came out. So you look to nerf the consistency. If the consistency then doesn't change the fact that this hero is just demolishing people, then you look at the fundamentals, right? So you start with the consistency, and then you look at the fundamentals. And this has been a general rule of, th of thumb that I've kind of seen in this kind of game genre for a very long time. Uh, so, like, personally, that would be the easiest change that I would do, because, again, you have to be careful. And this is where they were right, where people on Twitter weren't giving them credit, where they're saying, well, we don't want to gut the hero in low-level play. Okay, well, I can assure you if you change it like this, there's no gold player holding that railgun for eight seconds. It's They're not doing it, yeah. right? So, But every high-level, like Cyrus is on the other team on Sojourn, and he's holding that thing for a minute. XE was farming us in comp. Farming us. So was, dude, there was a game I went up against Aspire. He went 37-0 and 0 on Li Zhang Tower, that little rat. 
right? And he would just sit on the corner, shoot my 3,300 Winston player, and keep his charge. And the second anyone pinks, dink. And it's just like, okay. So if you remove that, you at least get back into the core flow of the game, in which case you have the chance to contest it, which would then blow the door wide open just for oh. opportunities to contest. I think that sh I think that change should go through, but I'm just saying I don't think it really solves the problem, and I think I think we go back to complaining about Sojin within 24 hours. Yeah, you're right. There might still be complaints, but it would be better, and I think that's better than nothing. And again, no one's ever going to be satisfied. I'm not trying to say people would ever be satisfied. I'm not disagreeing with you. There's always going to be discourse. There's I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I agree uh, yeah, we no, should agree do it, but I'm just saying like until you fix fix Sojin, the the complaints don't stop. There's there's no like this whole bandwagoning on Sojin doesn't end. But it would okay, just go so, to the next character, like, like what Sam's saying is well, like, no matter what, it would just go to the next, like, let's say you just nuked well, Sojourn and something else became, like, was Cassidy all of a sudden became the best character in the game, people are still going to call for Cassidy nerfs or call for changes, that will never change, people will always want that to happen, like, that will continue, like, people will always call for that no matter what, so it's better to change it, at least in the list a little bit, than to not change it at all. Or we're kind of going in circles here, fellas, I'm uh, not yeah, really sure the yeah, yeah. I also think... I don't know I, what we're saying. I think uh, I think I think we're getting into too much of the nitty gritty of like sojourn per se. I th I think I think you know. Okay. Go ahead, Avril. What I'm saying is just 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 to make sense again because it, it does sound like we're going in circles, and I'm sorry. I think I might have dragged us there. What I'm actually, no, I actually appreciate what I'm, your perspective. What I'm, to say, so thank you. what I'm trying to say is like I'm not saying we shouldn't make minor nerfs, minor changes. What I am saying is the reason why some of the stuff hasn't come through is I think she's a complicated hero to to balance to get to the ideal state that we want it to be at, uh, and because of that. It's it's taken them a long time to figure out what the fuck you're supposed to do to put in this uh, the place she's supposed to be. Maybe you're right. Maybe she should have at least had a small nerf along the way. But um, I I, I think to to give the devs a little bit of benefit of the doubt, they're trying to, they're trying to like put in the actual solution that uh, you know you'd have to wait till the next season for. Yeah, Hopefully I it's think a solution that works. I think I I try and give the devs of any game, not just Overwatch, like as much. Uh, benefit of the doubt as possible so i can totally understand that like that's why i said like I, maybe three weeks to, like say fix every problem that comes up is is unfair but i think it's not unfair to ask them to try uh, it's my now real opinion but they've, they've nerfed sojin so many times they have tried they have Sojin's tried been, but i also don't so think there's times since release i think there's a reluctance to sometimes walk back like obviously you know i think blizzard like to find the right solution in many ways rather than like tweak uh, i think tweaking is is good in a way, if nothing else, because I think it encourages the player perception to change. And I think that's that's something to be valued is like, because we've seen many times characters like just get changed and that that alone encourages people to, to pick or not pick them. And then later it turns out they weren't that bad or maybe there was some X character was way better than people realized, right? So I feel like if nothing else, just trying the balance patch, even if it is a minor change is like, might just get people to be like, can we stop playing Sojourn now? And then they realize something else is really good. Even if they don't feel like this is the perfect solution, but I I do sympathize. I, I don't I don't this, think it's this whole thing of like oh look at top five hundred all Sojourn plays. I guarantee you that remains even with this rail nerf. That you suggest I guarantee mm -hmm. that's still there. She'd still be good. Yeah, she'd still be good. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 okay, it's it, like if it's, it's like a, a slight band aid, though. but it doesn't it doesn't so like do my, it doesn't have the intended effect. I think we're arguing different things. I I agree with you that this will happen. My whole shtick with it was that like it's about sending the message that like for one. Again, my personal gripe is like you're doing this to Genji, but nothing to Sojourn. That was my only gripe. I, I'm not gonna go okay. on about too much because I think because we kind of like 
we kind of agree and disagree at the same time. And then I think it comes down to like our personal opinions on stuff. So like at the end of the day, we both think what we think. Well, and it's good. Like it's good to have difference of opinion. Um, and and ironically, this is probably what it looks like in the dev team, right? Like this is like Avril is, <laughs> Avril is yeah. suggesting one thing, and then the other guy's like, no, but that won't. Or Sam's suggesting one thing, and Avril's like, that won't stop it. That she's still gonna be good. We gotta find something I, I else, right? I think it would blow it wide open. I think it would blow it open personally. I I think it would. You would see. A and lot I, of and maybe Blizzard play. take the stance of like we can't open experiment with our game that to that extent like we can't we got to know before we put it out maybe that's I'm, I'm again i don't want to speak for the devs but maybe that's their pov like they don't want to they'd rather be seen to do nothing than to do the wrong thing perhaps yeah awesome, right yeah. um okay any other thoughts on any of this like patch frequency or anything like that before we kind of john head to quick fire questions and just a couple left Flash, you haven't said anything. Well, I just want to check your. You got anything to add? No, I, I think I. I just I'll I'll end it off. I actually think both are right. Mm -hmm. I actually think both are right. It's just this is probably. And I think you're, you've also nailed it. This is probably what happens in the dev team. Difference opinion. Yeah, and I yeah, and even like you know, Sam said pro get pro opinion. Well, even the pros don't agree, right? Like you know, X pro thinks this, X pro thinks that. Like yeah. so, it's difficult. It's difficult. Uh, okay, so now we're going to head to just quick fire questions. So chat, these are the questions that you guys put in into the Discord server. I will ignore some because they're not relevant and they're just you know, about things that we haven't talked about. Uh, map pools is something we haven't talked about, but I think is relevant here. Are you guys getting sick of these maps at the moment? Yep. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just feel yeah. free to chime in. This is a free-for-all. We're just going to go free-for-all now, so just chime in. It's taking content out. Like, why? Like, it's it's ass. Like... We've played, this game's existed for six years. We are, we're not a brand new free to play game. We should have so much content and we're adding on the content and we're not. We took away old content and just was like, oh, here's a little bit of new stuff. That'll come back later. You'll, you'll enjoy it when it comes back. Trust us. You will. And then what, what happens next season? Like Eichenwald gets taken out and now I, <laughs> I just, I hate it. You, is there any downside to having like the entire map pool open? Would that be like too broad? The downside would be yeah, like uh, you're not getting practice on the maps. It's it's not that there's a downside to having everything in the game. It's that there's a very minimal upside of that. Right. You know what? I take it back. It's I take it back. At my level of play, at flat level, play, top top five hundred. People can learn the maps better, but who am I joking? No one in no one in gold is gonna memorize. Like they didn't learn how to play Volskaya for six years. Okay, I'm still telling my GM teams to not hold the low ground on the point. No one's gonna learn. It's better for the content to probably open. I thought for a second I was like, well, I have been learning rollouts on the map, but I also have to remember like that's a very small percentage of the player Sorry. base, and the reality is we need content. The only the, thing the, I could think. Sorry. The only the only reason I asked the question is if there's no downside, then they should just open the whole thing up. Well, I think there is one. I think they want to make changes to the maps um, for 5v5, like how they did with like Gibraltar, like certain points. There's like on second point, there's like uh, on the top left high ground on attack, there's like boxes there now that never used to be there. Maybe they're making some changes to like the other maps to make them more 5v5 friendly. Um, but I think that's something we should do as we go. That's not something that should be. We have to Here's wait another, another season to play a map. Here is one downside there's a bunch of new players and a bunch of new maps is overwhelming and having to play a different map every single game might be too much and you probably just want to learn what an actual map is like like what actually even happens on a map 
Because remember, you also might not get to see all of a map in a game of Overwatch, right? And unlike many other games, mm. you might only get to play first point. Like, I swear there's people who played the entire betas and never saw the second and third point of Midtown. Because it was just like they just never left point <laughs> A, right? So, Maybe that's something you only do in Fatui? <laughs> Fatui. I was like, for a second, I was like, what is the Fatui? But now, not But isn't not there like a brand new player experience? Why not Free just have a map experience. pool in the brand new player experience? That's just I what Sam said. A, I, yeah, I think that'd be a good compromise. I, I think that'd be a good compromise. Because mm. then at that point, you could actually, like, you could almost, like, make sure that certain players play certain maps as they're going. And it's like, you know, they get to play everything. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I, I, I think. And I think as well, like it, it shouldn't be in permanently. Even if, even if they are worried about new players being overwhelmed, then that should be like a temporary thing. But then, like eventually, she just bring all the maps in. But yeah, I, th I think we're, we're maybe yeah, we're, we're not the target audience for that, perhaps. Unless they are going uh -huh. with the argument of like, you must train on the maps and get really good. That's what we want. But that's a cap. Um, push. Uh, we reassessed our opinions on push. Uh, happier, yes. more. Yes, Sam. I like it more. As the Portuguese, got it. Yeah. <laughs> the Portuguese map is fire. I think the big mistake that Coliseo New Queen Street have is when you round the second corner, there's a high ground to hold you on, and that's just not fun. That's just not fun for the Well, it's not awful. I just play Echo and I roof surf on them and I drop on them from behind. But if you don't play a flyer, it can be very oppressive to get that card around. So I think that they should design more push maps to be like the Portuguese map instead of um, Coliseo. They're not, I don't think they're bad maps, but I definitely feel the frustration of trying to push through those compared to the Portuguese map, which just is very fluid and oh. beautiful and fun. I, I prefer it when push maps uh, have, it's easy to make the first checkpoint cap, which I think is the case on Esperanza. Like I think the other two maps, especially Coliseo, is super hard to make a cap happen. So whoever gets a cap, I mean, that's just, that's a dub. Um, I, have warmed up to push a lot. Uh, I think uh, as people figured out how to play push more, and as uh, you know, we've we've kind of let it just sink in a bit. It's been better, but I still think there are fundamental issues with push that don't get solved unless we redress the game mode in a big way. Just in terms of um, snowballing, just in terms of like you know when a team sets a certain amount of distance and how much backtrack you have to go for the other team to to come back. I mean, it's just. Uh, it can be very one-sided blowouts. I feel a lot more in push than other maps, personally. Flats? My opinion hasn't changed. It's the same one. I think that push will be... I think push is fine. I think as people learn how to play it, it's going to be better. Colosseo is ass. Esperanza <laughs> is good. New Queen Street could use a little bit of tweaking, but overall, though, I think that the game is a million times better than 2CP, and people that think 2CP is better is survival bias. 100%. I can't, I can't believe we've gaslit ourselves into, into wanting to CP back in a serious way. Like, I'm down to experiment with what it'd be like in 5v5, but I can't believe we gaslit ourselves to be like, it was better than push. Nah, fam. It really, really wasn't. Um, okay, three years, three years a year, is it enough? Yes. Yes. Yes? Yeah. yeah. You, Paul, you, Paul, you thought about that. Well, I was thinking, because I, I think, like, you know the free-to-play market demands is like serious like you just need content 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 but i think for a game like overwatch like i i like the fact that our heroes uh have a lot more attention a lot more complex in design have a lot more 
I don't know, love behind it as well in terms of like all the lore and all the extra art and everything behind it. So I, I don't mind taking the time to, to get three good heroes out of here. Yeah, personally, I, I agree think... well. yeah, Go ahead for slides. No, you go. You got it. I was gonna say like I, f I think there's a there's a too much there's a, there's a thing is like too much content like too many heroes and you're just like not even sure what game you're playing anymore like you're just like well last week I didn't log in and now it's like a new thing and like I'm confused this is a new meta especially for the new player again remember we're already worried about what it's gonna be like a year from now when there's like too many releases and players haven't caught up but like imagine if you're releasing even more heroes and like someone stops playing for a while or someone's a new hero you're in that kind of paralysis that league of legends and dota suffer from where they can't attract new players because they've got so many new so many years to learn that people are like that's intimidating i don't want that so yeah i think that's and scary sounds like why they have the free to play or the not free to play the, yeah the first, the time, first time player experience, experience. but um, even then like that got to end at some point right and then it's like then you're back in the world of like 50 heroes or something yeah i wonder if actually they'll add characters to it over time like eventually will it become 75 game quick play games one and they'll add on Kirko and Junker Queen and you know what I mean and Sojourn and stuff like that. I wonder I wonder if that'll end up happening. Man, but... that's annoying as well. Imagine being a first time player is like I can't play ranked until when? You know what I mean? It's like True. Mm -hmm. It's a little much. It's like, bro, I gotta do two hundred games before ranked. No, I'm good. Not wrong. You... Not wrong. But you know, it's it, it's something to consider at least. But uh I think uh, the reason I'm fine with three, which I actually think it's gonna get a little spooky around like season three. I, it's gonna be like the i think that's when us as creators are gonna free, see our first like slump is like things are gonna come down because uh maps don't get people too excited uh it's like ah oh, map yeah but it's like a 50 50 shot with overwatch if it's a good map or a bad map um and uh it in the later years it trended towards the bad end um i will say overwatch too there's some very good maps but uh you know we, we can't forget we had like paris as our last overwatch one map and that was interesting yeah, I thought um, it was Havana. I thought it was it Paris. Was it was Havana. It was Havana. It was Same Havana. thing. I mean, yeah, I mean Havana wasn't that much bad. better to write home anyways. Yeah. But, both bad. Uh, point is, though, we have PvE at some point, And Ooh. that will be interesting because, oh, I'm sure you know, ready. what happens What happens if it's like a, you know, like they're out, they keep adding more stuff, almost like Destiny type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, what happens then? Like, you know, like, what if like PVE is the type of thing that holds us over in the seasons that we don't get a new character? It's like, ah, oh, now we really have content, you know? Like, I feel like they're like content-wise, we are chilling. We're fine. I am not worried at all on the content end. It's just like skins. You think you're gonna get good skins in Overwatch? Do you even have to think about that? Of course you are. But uh, yeah, I gotta say, I, like pe people might want to need to hold their expectations on PVE because there's no way they can release PVE at the same cadence as heroes like it takes so much more effort to release good pv than it is to release one hero i think but uh, is the team what what's the size of the team though that's also the question uh, regardless of the size of the team i mean the, if you have a bigger size of the team you can release heroes hooker as well but the point is it's like the the amount of depth in pv content like even to do anything close to like a retribution or a storm uprising kind of deal which is only one mission I mean that's a that's a pretty big undertaking, way bigger undertaking than designing any hero. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So. All I was saying is that the the attention of the team, like how much of the, uh, you know, proportion has been given to PV versus PVP, right? Like, I'm not yeah, saying no they're idea. gonna they're gonna no pump idea. it out. I'm not saying they're gonna pump it out, but you know, I do think at the moment probably a large number of the dev team is working on PVE kind of stuff.
I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the the other thing about the map thing is like unlike Apex, where it's like the, everyone plays the map all the time. In Overwatch, you release a new map and it's maybe one of the twelve maps or something that you're playing. So it's not even even if it's new content, it's like not even that frequently encountered new content. So, sad. Uh, okay. Uh, some quick fire questions now that I think can be answered quickly. Uh, do you think map should be gatekept by rank? I don't think so. That's no. I don't think that's a good idea. Huh? I don't think anything should be gatekept by rank, really. Absolutely not. Like unlock it as you go by rank? No, I don't think. Yeah, someone no. earlier said I should balance via ranks. No, that's not a good thing either. Like absolutely then you, not. Because then you're like learning a different game, and then, even though that's technically kind of what's already happening, but still you're just like, well, what at what rank can you? No, it's just it's it's. No, not viable, not feasible. That is, that's probably that's got to be one of the worst things ever. If you if you cannot balance by rank, every rank will have a different. Every rank will. Be, the, imagine playing Mercy, and then the next rank, she's just a different hero, because <laughs> she's balanced differently. It's like what? Like you don't you don't even have a consistent experience through the game. No, there's no. No, shot. yeah, it's, it's not. But we well, that's why we're quickly going. Our tanks too strong across the board. Perhaps the reason Sojourn is strong is because she's one of the few heroes that doesn't get punished for shooting tanks. I actually think tanks are too weak. That's my hot take. <laughs> Sorry, Save not all, but play. like most. I think like... Mm -hmm. yeah, never mind. No, no, we get you, we get you. Sam, Give every you tank a hundred more armor. <laughs> unironically, I actually... Well, that think was like the beta the one. Tank, I think actually, unironically, half the tank roster needs buffs. I think Doom, Queen, Rhine... Yep. Um, I, I, I'm Ball? not... Ball, Ball absolutely... Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ball... Oh, my God, I forgot Ball even exists because Sombra exists. <laughs> um... Diva, I'm a little like I'm a little out on right now, but I'm wondering if Diva's gonna be like falling behind a little bit, other than as a Winston counter. Um, and Zarya, I think if like Hog is the new standard, Zarya would actually need a, like a small rebuff. I think the double nerf of her duration plus uh, the the time, like the cooldown, is actually almost too much. But that's my hot take. Is I think Zarya's sorry, tanks overall need to be a little bit stronger. Sam? The problem is, like, it depends on what style of play the tank fits into and what they're capable of doing, right? The reason why D.Va might fall off with Hog is good is because, like, if you want to answer Hog, like, you either play the dive comp to avoid the Hog altogether, or you pick Sig, who could actually damage the Hog whilst, um, whilst protecting his team with the shield on the right map. So, I wouldn't say necessarily that... It really depends Hog on style against? of the game. What is, what is Hog good against? He's good yeah. against anything that's punishable by excessive amounts of damage and anything that he can easily hook. So, I would say... I would just say Hog kind of fits... The problem with... The hard part with tanks is, like, it really depends on how they fit into the meta. Like, again, like, I, I've said this forever. Supports are what define the meta. So, like, if you want to make tanks, certain tanks good, it really depends on what heroes are good, right? So like, I think in order for Ball to be good, you'd almost have to have a Flyer Mercy meta to where a Ball could just kind of roll around the map on his own. Um, it's a tough thing to answer, but I, I, I think there are definitely some tanks that are just objectively bad. Like when we say tanks are OP, it's only certain heroes in the role. So I think that, I, I kind of agree with Flats that certain tanks probably will need to get buffed. I think Ball is definitely one. I cannot believe I'm saying this. I think Ball is definitely one of them. I think Doomfist should have some changes looked at for him. Um, I think Ryan is another one of those characters where, like, again, 
Ryan can't do both at once, right? But Hog can like easily tank and go back to doing damage in really quick intervals, right? Winston can create space and do damage at the same time because by creating space, he's also has the opportunity to do his damage. Um, but Diva can't. Diva's either peeling her team or she's going in and doing damage, right? So it's it's I wouldn't touch Diva yet. I'd have to really think about it. It's I want to see Kiriko get nerfed first and then see what happens. That's what I kind of want to do. But it's 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 tough to tell immediately right now. I'm unsure. Mm-hmm. Fair. And then the final question. Do you think devs do enough internal tests before releasing heroes? Because the Kiriko hand-blocking headshots is shocking to me. Because obviously, for those who are not sure, uh, Kiriko's, like, with the, her normal animation where she stood with her hands up, blocks a lot of headshots, as well as, especially, as Flats has shown in his video, when looking up, just, like, straight up you just can't headshot her so uh i think any amount of test like any amount like there's no amount of internal testing that will find every bug right like you that's do a need needle players. in a haystack you yeah. Can't, yeah like you that, need that players. just happens that comes with the territory you know it, it is what it is i wouldn't worry about that yeah okay but i can't believe some qa guy didn't look up as kira couldn't get hit shot yeah i know imagine <laughs> yeah. right imagine imagine not shooting at her from every single angle to check that her hand doesn't block the thing at some point you know like come on Meanwhile, um, get quaked on sitting there like he's like, Whoa, <laughs> can this guy wall bounce, slam, jump, one eighty turn on this character? Okay, all right, guys. Well, I have taken a lot of your time. I appreciate very much your company. Uh, I'm just gonna get one quick concluding thoughts from each of you for the rest of the season. What's 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 gonna be your kind of attitude here? You're just kind of writing it out for season two, or are you hoping for something to come through mysteriously, Sam? Um, you know, I, I would say the game did what it needed to do in season one. I'm a little embarrassed by the first patch and that like Genji got hit that hard and Sojourn didn't, but it's not the end of the world. Um, I think as long as things are learned from and changed in a positive manner, we'll all forget about it. I'm excited for, is it, how is it pronounced? Ramatra? Ram, Ram, Ramatra, I think. Yeah, I think Ramatra, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got it right. I'm excited for that. Um, I hope he ends up being good. I, I'd love to play him. I, you know, a lot of people talk about the matchmaker being bad. It happens, but I still find myself having way more ability to win games than I did in Overwatch 1, so I'm happy with that. I like the direction the hero design is going in general. Um, and I'm actually really excited for PvE to hear more about PvE. I'm a huge Borderlands fan. I love that style of game. I, I just I just I love theory crafting skill trees and putting it all, all together and seeing how the cogs of the of all the gears turn and figuring out the best way to maximize everything so i'm just actually more excited for that than anything else so i, I i'm excited to see what comes next avril i have a bit of a wait and see mentality i, I think for me i'll i will withhold judgment until i see the season two patch and everything that comes with that um if things are not significantly better by season two then I'll, you know, I'll join the bandwagon. But uh, for now, I'm like, I'm willing to sit it out and just see where we go. Fair. Flats? Uh, dude, fucking... I'm, wait, I'm waiting to... I'll, I'll watch it, the wheels fall off. I don't care. I'm having fun. Um, as, as Even with all the problems and all the bad things that are happening, we're in a million times better spot than we were a year ago. I'm very, very thankful for it. I'm very, very blessed for it. And I will be... Even though I'm very critical and very harsh on certain things, uh, that hasn't that doesn't mean I'm like wanting to leave because a year ago I was going to leave. That's different. Like that means like nah, I've been in all hope. Shit's gone. GG. Go next. Next game. 
I wouldn't say I have anything like that with Overwatch at all. Like being harsh and being critical of things is kind of how Sam talked about earlier is like wanting perfection, wanting the best, wanting it to be top of the industry, wanting to be the best game we could have and have the best experience as players that you can get anywhere. So just to like kind of put it all back in perspective is like even if the season two balance patch is nothing crazy, I don't think I'm going to like go run and play some Valorant. Like I'm having a great time with it, even though I don't get to play, you know, characters that I'm super fond of. I'm mostly playing a lot of like Sigma and, and like Zarya Diva before some Ryan, if I'm lucky and some Winston, if I'm, you know, if I'm really feeling a little bit frisky that day, um, <laughs> you know, I'm still getting to play Overwatch. The only, the only problem I have is the queue times. Like if the queue times were not 20 minutes, if they were like five, six minutes, which they have been for the last two days, which has been nice. Um, I could see myself playing Overwatch like all day long for countless amounts of hours and being able to sit down and play a game for 8, 10, 12, 14 hours a day consistently for months on end means that it's a goddamn good game. So Overwatch is still a goddamn good game. Just wanted to say, like, in putting in perspective, it's trying to make it better and bring it to the next level, not like, oh, you hate this game. Why don't you, you know, that deal. So, 100% well said. I concur. I concur. Like I, I don't remember the last time I was this dedicated and motivated to play Overwatch. Like where I'm just like, I, I, I have literally never before. Like for the last I don't know two or three years that I've been streaming Overwatch, never have I ended stream and still wanting to play Overwatch afterwards. But I do now. Like I still like I will end stream and I'm sometimes like I'll go get a snack and I come back and I'm like do I, do I want to play another couple of games? So I think that just speaks to the testament. We didn't even talk about the matchmaker because you even have a lot of frustrating with the matchmaker. I'm still loving life overall. So even if I mold in one game, I want to GG go next. So yeah, it's it's a great world. So keeping it in perspective, it's great to be here. Thank you so much. And literally as well, great to be here in this call with you guys. Once more, fantastic to have your company. Please do give all these guys your love. And thank you to Avril for joining us today as well. Thank you. Uh, lovely to have you on here, buddy. The go indeed. Thank you very much, guys. Hopefully we'll have Frito back soon as well to hear from. I'm sure he's got some takes that he probably wants to rant at us about if he ever listens to this. But he's gonna bring up now. hero bands. He's gonna bring he it up coming. this time. It's uh, he. It might be Frito's time for hero bands. That's all I'm gonna say to close that one out. You know, I it's, think it's so coming. too. I think so. He he also. I think he would have chimed in with me on the hit scan uh, on the hit scan debate because I think he's he's feeling the hit scan oppression. But we'll see. That's for another time. We'll see. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Peace out.